with the uh, the uh, the podcast with the uh, Maya and Fola taking over the world. It's not bad. I am Jamal Ginsburg, the Hasidic homeboy. And I am Silvio Dante's four-inch, no-part, invisible-part bust-down. Um, I was, you know, like, with the little beach wave moment. Like, I was between that or Furio's, like, ponytail. Because, let me tell mm. like, there's something about a slick-back ponytail. Like, he ate that shit. I'm so sorry. You'll never make me hate him. <laughs> okay, but... Can Silvio's hair really be considered a bust down if it's only four inches? Isn't the like isn't a bust down like long? I mean, it's, it's it like, a bust is it like down bust for like... him. I think I think bust mm, down is think, relative. I think it's relative. Okay. I think a bust down in the Italian ex community is a very different thing. <laughs> and you're listening to my unfollow take over the world. Um, Happy New Year, y'all. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Woo! Well, if you didn't notice, we do have a man on the pod. Our first ever. Um, yeah. Probably our last. We're joined by um, the dear friend of the pod. Writer, content creator, aspiring. I recognize him from that movie, but I forget his name. It's uh, uh, something. Actor guy. Ben Synthman, Benjamins, what other names do you go by? So many. Just Ben. Oh. Just Ben, usually. Okay, anyway. Now you're just Ben. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just Ben. But yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, what's up, girly pop? Nothing much. Um, just enjoying uh, a relaxing start to my new year for the most part. It's been very nice. I'm trying to adhere to ins and outs, resolutions, etc. It's been good though. Very good. Mm-hmm. Work has been fine. I've been fine. I'm trying to get back into cranking out the videos because I've taken like a couple week hiatus, like you guys have. Mm-hmm. I took like maybe a two or three week break because I just like I, I just there's no juice. I just didn't feel like there was any juice going on. So I just needed to give myself a break. Mm-hmm. enjoy my family, enjoy the holidays, and just get back right to the grind. Exactly. Ins and outs? Yeah. Yes. Two each? Mm-hmm. Okay. Or three. Ins. The library. Yeah. In. Yeah. Library. It's been, well, it's been in for me. I've worked in a library for seven years of my life. That's the first one. Mm-hmm. That goes without saying. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the library. For real. Like one of one of our our finest institutions in this country that's crumbling by the day. Um, out. First out. Let's get the AI out of here. Mm. Let's get the AI filters. True. Let's wake that if up. I see, if I see you using an AI filter, done. It's right. Done. You're blocked, yeah. Hit, hit the bricks. <laughs> Take it to the curb. I'm done with you. I don't need to see what you looked like in high school in the 1980s. Right. We don't need the, we don't need the 1980 high school yearbook fi- picture filter we don't exactly and we don't need the ai with the ai voices we don't need the ai trump we don't need the ai biden let's move on okay but i did hear an ai plankton singing drunken love that's different the spongebob is different (laughs) anything spongebob that's the gray area i heard um a luther vandross patrick cover and it was (laughs) like genuinely 
what Perfect. song was it? And please send me the link when you log off. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. I will send it to you. But, oh my God. It was the one that they sample on Slow Jams. Kanye, the Kanye song, Slow Jams. Oh my mm-hmm. God, I don't know the name of it. But it's, you'd recognize it as soon as you heard it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, outside of that, AI, gone. Yeah. AI Plankton, AI Patrick, different story. Second out would have to be, I don't know. I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm late a lot of the time. So I'm trying to like avoid being late. Four out of every five times I go. Oh, somewhere. is that why you were 10 minutes early? You know I mean? <laughs> I'm trying to work on it. Okay. This is okay, me I, actively working I, on being on time. I was going to say, I was like, oh, I did forget that Ben is white and on time means early in their community. <laughs> no, no, the so Italians. I was no, no, like, no, the, I was lollygagging at like 827. I was like, no, I literally have to hop on my Zoom. I'm like scrambling right. to fill up all my water cups. <laughs> I was and like, I I think Italians are an exception to that, though. I just am trying to work on it. Mm-hmm. But Italians will tell you, oh, yeah, five dinner's at five. Mm-hmm. People will show up six o'clock mm-hmm. like nothing. Mm-hmm. Like nothing happened. N- not even address it. Not even address it. I was going to save this for a little bit later on. But I always say that Italian people and Caribbean people are tethered. And that is like where we are mm-hmm. aligned. Except that five o'clock in Caribbean time is 730. I was going to say seven. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It's just a ju- it's like for Thanksgiving People will show up like they my aunt invites everybody over for like, oh, come at two because everybody's just going to sit around and do nothing, mm-hmm. watch football and whatever. You can show up between two and five. Right. Like it's a very, very wide net they cast. Mm-hmm. It's just what it is. But yeah, that's my my second out would be being late mm-hmm. as 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 much as possible. I could I, I can only do so much. I'm not a, I'm not a hero. I'm not yeah. perfect, but. I'm trying to be on time more. Going to the movies alone. Real. Oh, yeah. That should, be, that should be pushed even further. Like, the agenda has been put out there, but it needs to be pu- pushed to a higher level. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you don't have to worry about, oh, what, is, what does Susie want to see? Mm-hmm. Susie doesn't want, Susie wants to go see Super Mario Brothers. Okay. I have to, oh, what time are you available? Right. Like, shut up, exactly. bitch. We're going to go see the new Yorgos Lanthimos movie, and you're going to like it. We're going to go see Jason Statham, 34, on, on a Tuesday afternoon. Right. At if you don't know what I'm talking about, this random, yeah, this this random fake movie that Jason Statham is in, The Beekeeper, mm-hmm. I just call it Jason Statham, 34, the way I'd say Fast and Furious, 10. Like, it's just Jason Statham as guy in movie for the... 46th time. <laughs> and I think it works. But yeah, we need to we need to start pushing the mm-hmm. going to the movies alone. My you know what my mother said to me? Mm-hmm. She's like, you're isolating. I feel like you're isolating yourself. I'm just living my life. I just cried watching Godzilla minus one. I think I I've never felt anything more in my life. Yeah. I feel like moms like our generation's moms, rather. Yeah. They just don't understand the concept of spending time by yourself. Right. You know, like, I I remember being younger, my mom would be like, oh, like, you're going to go do, you're going to go to the museum by yourself? And I'm like, yeah, girl. Yeah. Let's stop glamorizing company. Yeah. How about that? Let's stop glamorizing company. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, I love my family. I see them, I see them semi-often. But, like, otherwise, if... When I get out of work, 
I'll go to the gym by myself. I'll sit in my room by myself and just fully content. Mm-hmm. Well, those are some great ins and outs. Yeah. I'm excited to hear the rest. Fola, how are you doing, sister girl? I see the fresh braids. Oh, ooh, yeah. And they're tight, honey. Give us a swing. They're tight. My edges are... Slay. <laughs> you got the ponytail <laughs> facelift? Oh, like Arianka. And it's like my skin cleared up. I just, I'm like 10 times as beautiful as I was before getting them done. It's, there's something just mm-hmm. like people who don't get braids will never understand. Sorry, Ben. But like, you just won't get. Hey, hey, give me a few years. Okay. I think we should take Ben to Harlem to get goddess box braids. <laughs> give me, give me a couple of years. I'm growing back With my beans. hair. It's. <laughs> Are we yes. And then <laughs> Lottie brain. <laughs> Y'all see what M.R has been doing with his hair? Who's M.R? Oh. Oh no. Men, we're you not white know? men. You have to remember that. No, the M.R is this guy, this very clearly British man with the freshest veneers anyone has ever seen. <laughs> but he is Jamaican. I've been saying that I want to take Fola on like a Brooklyn tour eventually. I feel like we need to bring Ben, ben yeah. on a Brooklyn tour. Yeah. You know, I want to take I want to take me. Ben on a dollar van <laughs> and to Ali's to get roti. Yeah. I will be a fly on the wall. Oh my god, yes. In Puerto Rico, they had the shark kebabs on the beach. It was insane. Mm. I didn't know where you're going with that. I thought you were gonna say you were at like Atlantis in the Bahamas <laughs> no. or some shit. On a resort. I went down to PR. I was down oh, to hey, PR, Andrew. they had Tiburon. It was that shark in Spanish. I just got back to like real life, um, like actual America. Um, I was in Florida for like a week and a half. Mm. Um, it was crazy. I just I only wore crocs, like I brought a pair of sneakers. I didn't even touch them. Um, I just got driven around. Um, cocktails were like eight bucks, which was crazy. Um, yeah, it was just like I was like, this is an alternate universe. Like, this is like, like, I don't know. I couldn't handle it. I was like, I can't be here for another day. I need to just like, I need someone to scowl at me or I'll, I'll die. Um, yeah, but it was fun to be home. It was like 60 degrees. My parents were like, oh my God, it's so cold. I was like, 60 degrees, it's a beautiful day. It's so nice out. They're like, oh, it's freezing, it's freezing. Um but yeah, I just I just was hanging out, hung out with the peeps, hung out with my mom. Yeah, I'm back in New York. I've been back for like 12 hours. It feels really good. Um, yeah. I also watched Saltburn. I don't have a new documentary to report on this week because all the documentaries were really whack. Well, I did watch one about like these like survival camps that they send kids to. Like instead of taking them to therapy, they're like, oh, we're just gonna leave you in the woods and you have to hike like 55 miles or some shit. I also watched a documentary about Boy Scouts. They have a big sexual abuse oh. issue. Crazy. I have heard that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. I have as well. I have as well. It's not good. Um, not good. Yeah. But I watched Saltburn. Um, it was fine. I thought it was fun. I like the beat. I mean, Jacob Elordi, Barry, how do you say his last name? Barry Kilgan. You know the Irish people. I fuck with Ireland real bad. Also, Rosamund Pike, like, she's my sister, my mother, 
my best friend. Um, and like the fact that in that movie, she, it ends with her in a bob in the Amy Dunn, like swish, swish bob moment. Like I was like, this is everything I needed personally, um, like for my healing. So yeah, that was great. Um, Maya, what about you? What's up? What's popping? I'm good. I just, you know, being a little bit psychic, like it is fun. I just wish that it could be useful to my life in ways that, I don't know, I wish I could like predict lotto numbers and shit instead of people sun, moon, and rising. But a couple weeks ago on the pod, we were talking about the week between Christmas and New Year's. And I was like, hmm, I wonder what my week between Christmas and New Year's is going to be like, because some weird shit is always happening to me. I don't know, blah, blah, blah. One of the most eventful weeks of my life. I, so much so, and I'm I'm a chatty patty, all right? I love a voice memo. I have a fucking podcast. Chatty patty over here. So much so that I didn't feel like catching everyone up on everything that happened that week. Wow. So, like, I think the only person that knows everything is my therapist. Like, ultimately, I'm fine. Things were, like, mostly low-ish stakes. Okay. But, I don't know. I just, I wish that I could capitalize on this somehow instead of just predicting my own misfortune and distress <laughs> but alas mm. um, that's the thing about this kind of like was segueing into one of my outs and it's like people complaining about the week in between new year's and christmas mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's like oh my god like what are we gonna do like it's we have to wait for new year and it's like we don't have to start like it's just like okay Fill your life with your own meaning, okay? Like, just because just because there's a, a, a very widely accepted holiday on the 25th and then another one on the 31st, and then it's a new year, it's it's a week. It's, it's, a, it's another week. How, like, just out of touch from reality do you have to be to be like, I have six days off to do nothing? Like, Bro. <laughs> some people have more in their countries. Literally, shut the Literally. fuck up. Literally. It's like... Are you surrounded by rubble? Go for a walk, you fucking idiot. Like, again. like I'm so I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that you're um that the calendar isn't broadcasting what you should do with your life right now. But like just just maybe just go for a walk. A book. Talk to somebody, talk to a stranger, read a book. I don't know. But I I'm not gonna tell you what to do with your life. If you want to sit and mope for six days for no reason other than because the calendar says so, mm-hmm. please. But please. I really feel like you were born to, like, be a dad. Like, that is just the most dad <laughs> shit I ever heard. Like, I feel like you were a dad, like, since the moment you were born. That's what it's giving. <laughs> I have been, I walk, I walk um, with my hands behind my back sometimes just involuntarily. And people will point it out. And I'm just like, I'm sorry. I don't know. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> yep. Yep. I was gonna say, what are we gonna convert to Islam? <laughs> Girl, we go to Islam. <laughs> Twenty twenty four. Maya and I are doing a religion speed run. We're doing all the religions. If you have a religion yeah. to suggest to us, um, we'll do yeah. it. Um, yeah, I think we should also look into. More uh, yeah, I am. I actually am converting. I am converting Islam. though. Yeah. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Inshallah, brother Benjamin. <laughs> so let's jump into pop culture. Um, Maya and I were scouring the universe 
for pop culture topics to talk about. There's really nothing out there, nothing interesting, nothing super worthy of talking about, um, except for the release of One Gypsy Rose Blanchard. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's kind of crazy because her name's like literally a slur, but like we're saying it. And I'm like, <laughs> I can only say it in reference to her, but like, I don't know. What if someone right. named their kid like the N word with a hard R? Would we, like, <laughs> like, what do we all mean? Like, what? <laughs> but if you don't know Gypsy Rose Blanchard's story, um, basically, she is a young woman and her mom. Basically, she had, like, her mom suffered from, like, Munchausen by proxy, so she would basically, like, give her a bunch of medications to, like, make her ill um, and treat her as though she was sick and would tell people that she had, like, a bunch of different cancers and just, like, a bunch of different diseases and that she couldn't walk. Um, and they got, like, a house from, like, Habitat for Humanity and just a bunch of shit. Um, but turns out the whole time, Gypsy can walk and doesn't really have any of these diseases and she's got like a feeding tube like a lot of unnecessary like medical procedures that have happened to her um so eventually um miss rose blanchard snaps well she meets a guy on a dating site and they start like i don't know sexting mind you it's a christian dating site she meets Dez from Austin Alley. <laughs> Joey King. <laughs> she, meets, she meets this guy and they start like sexting. And I think he like, they like go to the movies or something. And he like, they she's going to like see Beauty and the Beast, like the live action version with Emma Watson. And they like go to the bathroom and like he like, I don't know, like finger blasts her. I don't really remember. But... <laughs> Basically, they have this, like, really tight bond union, and then one day, um, her mom, Gypsy's mom, ends up dead. And so it turns out that Gypsy and the boyfriend, Nick, planned to kill her mom because her mom was pretty abusing her pretty badly. Um, And it was kind of crazy. Like, she didn't know her real age. Um, It was very fucked up. So she went to jail for, like, murder. I don't really know like what the charge was but she just got out slaying <laughs> you've been found guilty of slaying um but a lot of people she was serving like she had like a, they had like a documentary come out about her <laughs> the show with um joey king and patricia arquette came out and so a lot there's been a lot of interest around her so you know we've been preparing for the day that she'd be released from jail and now she's out she's free um and she's already you know, she's already slaying, like, she's already killing social media, she's already out there, like, she got out of jail and immediately had a set of French tip acrylics and, like, a full beat and just, like, you know, I have to stand, like, I don't know, I did look through her following and she does follow, like, Lana Del Rey, Lana Del Rey and, like, Taylor Swift, so, you know, I do fear there might be a little bit of republicanism in there, but, like, honestly... I don't really care. Like, she will be my token Republican. Um, Because, like, I don't know. She's just cunt. Like, what the... Like, (laughs) I can't do much about it. She's just mothering. She's mothering. This is like, for people, for mentally unwell people, this is like when meat got out for people from Philly. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, 
This is what it's like. I love how you went from you went to Meek Mill and people from Philly and not Bobby Schmurda and people from New York. Oh my gosh. Where is Bobby Schmurda? Is he doing okay? I think he's just laying on the low. Uh, yeah, because I remember when he got out and he was like— He's doing fine. Like, taking him to the club and they had like strippers like throwing ass at him and he was just sitting there like with his legs crossed and he was like, I'd really just like to right. go home. He was like mad overstimulating <laughs> shit. He's like, I'd like, actually like to be back in my house. <laughs> He's like, I'm trying to play Animal Crossing New Leaf right now. I don't want to worry about bottle service right now. They're like now. bringing out sparklers and shit. And he's just like. Right. He probably doesn't even know what Casa Amigos is. <laughs> like that shit came out when he was in jail, right? <laughs> like. <laughs> they were like, yeah, we got that. They brought him that like the fucking tequila that like comes in like that base. And he was like, what? Why? What's the point? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, is this from West Elm? Like. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually a really nice space. How much does it cost? They're like, no, it's a it's a bottle of tequila. He's like, oh, I don't know. I want to like, ha- I want him to have like an architectural digest interview. I want. Oh, yeah. I just want he needs to, one. Like, I want him to do like chicken shop date. I just want to like I, or like what's it called the hot ones. Like I just want to know that he's okay. You know because like how do you drop one mm-hmm. of the most world shaking songs and then immediately get locked up after? No, but that, that's the thing. Like, everybody wanted him to, like, when he got out, everybody's like, oh, when's new music he's coming like, out? I wanna, he was like, I want to lay Bro, in my bed. I was just, I was just incarcerated for a <laughs> right. decade. He really was in there for, like, seven years. Like, oh, we got to, like, what did you think was going to happen? They freed Bobby and they were going to usher him into a studio right after getting out of jail? Nor does he even probably right. want to do that. And he, I, but I'm yeah. glad he put his foot down. I'm glad he was like, actually, fuck y'all. I learned how to crochet in prison. And I'm actually, I'm making a blanket. He, he hasn't even played GTA 5 yet. <laughs> like, go let him, go let him be with his family and, like, yeah. just, enough. That's just, that's just a reflection of our society. But Yeah, and people are like, oh, now that Gypsy Rose Blanchard's out of jail, like, people are like, oh my God, she needs to get on TikTok, she needs to get on Instagram. People are like, this girl was just in prison for blah, blah, blah years, like, if you're expecting her to get on TikTok. Um, but Shorty's actually about her money. You know, maybe Bobby, you know, is still eating off of, like, hot nigga residuals, which I love him for that, but Gypsy Rose came out and she had a documentary special come out on New Year's fucking day. Um, she's got a book on the way. She's about to be on The View, like, on Friday. She said, I'm actually going to be booked and busy. You will be hearing about me. She's going on The View? She's yeah. going on The View? <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, that's going to be good. Oh, it's going to be, like, I need to see it. Just, just Joy Behar just talking over her the whole time. <laughs> So what was what was that about? What was you thinking when you killed your mother? <laughs> and Whoopi's gonna be like, I just think <laughs> I don't even I don't even know why you're out right now. You should be in jail for the rest of your life. And then someone will say something like kind of like, you know, semi-inspirational, and they'll be like, Well, you know, sometimes we all have to kill our mother in our own way. <laughs> or what's the the light skinned lady, Sunny, Sunny Holston? She's always saying some shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but shout out to Gypsy Road Blanchard. Shout out to Gypsy You know, Rose. I can't wait for her to yeah. be on the podcast circuit. Like, I'm just, I'm happy to see mm-hmm. what kind of mess she stirs up. Mm-hmm. Shorty is, like, from the Louisiana and, like, is, she was in prison for the last seven years. Like, we don't know what's going on. 
in there exactly. in that noggin and so i'm really exactly. excited mm-hmm. to just unspool that and it's not like she's like guys mm-hmm. i want like a private life like that bitch is like um so i'm here i'm out she's posted more selfies in the last week than i posted all year and she's eating in all of them the, the fresh lash set she had a the most comically large engagement ring i have ever seen in my life did you elope in jail I think you could, like, legally get married in jail. I don't know. I watched Orange is the New Black, so that's my only reference. Not Orange is the New Black. Um, but, yeah, apparently, like, people are saying, like, some stuff about her husband. Like, there was a, a camera crew, like, when she was getting out of jail. And they were like, oh, my God, her husband's, like, like, you know, like, using her. And I'm like, what if she asked for the camera crew to be there? No, she's literally a Leo. Like A July Leo. Please be serious. And also, she already had a pink iPhone 15. Fresh out the box. Stop looking wild. I know, I know the little the little clear sticker that it comes with was already in that hotel trash can. Like, it was brand new, honey. <laughs> she snapped that hoe off. <laughs> and she was like, you know what? I'm going to go in the mirror and I'm going to And she had caught. them slap a little, she had them slap a little um, screen protector on it. She said, no case. Mm-hmm. I don't even got a case, She said, bitch. no face, no case. I'm Gypsy Rose Blanchard, bitch. <laughs> you know and like i like it's unfortunately like it's iconic like i don't know what to say like she's just she's just the doll like i just you you won't make me hate her someone said she has the energy of like your coworker from your retail job who you still follow on instagram and she stays pregnant and i'm like that's exactly it and it's like no but she's she's mad nice to you i was gonna say she has six kids She's mad nice. She's mad nice. And she's always like, oh my God, I love your da 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 da. Like, she's always complimenting mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. She always brings like the snacks and shit. Yes. Yeah. Like, I love her. She's mother. I was gonna say, I wanna see her link up with Megan the Stallion. I think that, I like, I feel like that would happen for real. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maya Damas, I think that Gypsy Rose Wizard will be in a Megan the Stallion video by the end of the year. Need it. And if not, an Ice Spice video. I need Gypsy Rose Blanchard. I need someone to show her Ice Spice. Imagine Gypsy Rose Blanchard being like, she a baddie, she's showing her panty. She's shaking like jelly. I think she would really um, fuck with Sexy Red. I, I just think we need to have like a female rap conference and yes. they all just need to meet Gypsy Rose and she yes. needs to be like, here's who I align with. Well, that's a part. It would just be a press junket. It would yeah. basically just, she let her do a press junket for multiple multiple months, multiple years, just meeting all the people that she didn't get to meet when they were famous while she was incarcerated. Exactly. Just a speed run. Damn. We just need to give it to her. Yeah. I mean, I think she felt, I think she's a Swifty. So. Anyway. Wait, did y'all see that Tanner Tan asked her in her Instagram comments? He was like, what are your three, top three Ariana songs? And then he tweeted it. He was like, he was like, I was Diane Sawyer on the scene, bitch. Period. I was on the scene of the crime. Exactly. Uh, I love him. He's so I, no, I need I need her to tell us like like how is she listening to the, like do they have Spotify in prison? She was she was saying stuff from like newer albums. Yeah, she said positions was on there. I was like, where did you hear that at? <laughs> but you know they have fucking like <laughs> iPads and shit in jail. You don't mm. follow those um prison TikTokers? <laughs> she was playing Fruit Ninja for six years. <laughs> Just, 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 just listening to the new, just listening to the new Ariana Grande playing the the 2012 version of Fruit Ninja. No, don't. Have you seen those those TikTokers who they're like in jail and they're like, yeah, this is how we make like snacks and they just crush up Doritos and ramen noodles and like 
sausage, like beef jerky, and they they just like put it into this like roll or whatever, and they're like, yeah, this is how we make food in prison. They're always on live for some reason. It's amazing. Wow. Um, anyway, prison abolition. Free everyone from jail, not just Literally. Trixie Rose Blanchard. We also have Simone Biles' husband. I did write What a Loser, though. Um, but yeah, I don't even know if I like want to like give breath to that. Um, yeah. So yeah. It was just a thought. We don't even have to touch it because it's already been it's already been exhausted on all the social media platforms. Every relationship guru has already weighed Literally in. Literally every person. It, like it just it like it was like a uniting event, like nine eleven. You know, like it just yeah. brought everyone together because everybody was like, actually, fuck this shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> because what do you mean you didn't know who Simone fucking Biles was? That bitch is in Uber Eats commercials. She's doing flips and getting fucking and getting fucking Jersey Mike subs at the end when she sticks the landing and she's taking a bite out of the sandwich. She's getting sushi and doing fucking the balance beam shit in the Uber Eats commercials. Right. Don't play with her. I saw her. I thought she was cute. I didn't know who she was. On Raya? Like, please be fucking serious. Get a fucking grip, right. dude. And also by by relationship gurus, I mean your coworker that just won't shut the fuck yeah. up. But just weighs in anyway. Everybody's coworker that you tolerate weighed in on oh, yeah. that. Yeah. My parents yeah. weighed in. I forced them to, but they were <laughs> that so was hilarious. Funny. I loved it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I loved it. I think the funniest thing about that situation was like, you know, she was like, oh, in a couple years, like people will be calling me um da da da's wife. And I'm like, okay, wife. well, you're I don't know, straight women are really like heterosexuality is literally a cult because you're Simone Biles and you think that people are going to be calling you your husband's wife, but your husband is in the NFL. He's been warming the bench his entire career, and he's 28 years old. You retired from the NFL at like 30. You have 28 gold medals, and he's getting secondhand CTE. What is there to compare? Oh, that's why he's so dumb. Oh, my God, that makes sense. <laughs> Not secondhand. And it's like he he hasn't even played enough. He hasn't even seen the field enough to get actual CTE. <laughs> he's getting secondhand CTE talking about how he's a cat. They're, like, throwing the Gatorade Grow thing, up. and it hits him in the head. <laughs> i'm the kid and it's like the fact that she was like like yeah i agree like you're simone fucking biles well i mean she's at the whim of judges maybe she has like like a craving to be judged thing i don't know though they'll be like nine point eight two and then it's like her whole world crashes it's like oh shit and you're like she's like what wasn't what wasn't cunt about that, Judge? They were like, you shimmied a little bit on the landing. You weren't perfect. The fact that, like, Simone Biles, like, can't do certain moves because other people would die attempting. And you talk about people are going to know me mm-hmm. as this man's wife. Get a grip. If I was Simone Biles' friend, I would have grabbed her by her extensions, her clip-ins, and I would have whipped her around like in fucking Matilda. Matilda? <laughs> Not that. <laughs> Please. Uh, anyway, there, you know what? Honestly, I was annoyed by her and I was annoyed by him. And I was like, you know what? They're actually perfect for each other because I was like going to sit there and defend her. But then she was like, I don't want to be defended. And I was like, you know what? Sir, yes, she sir. She was like, I'm not even going to defend myself. Exactly. Yuck. 
Boo! Yeah. Tomatoes! Okay, let's let's get to our main topic. Um, if you haven't guessed, um, from the intro, from our guest, we're talking about The Sopranos. Um, we've been playing this episode for, since like we started the pod, we've been so excited about it. Um, we also were like, we really need to do some like diversity, equity, and inclusion, like outreach. So of course we have Ben on as a guest of the pod. Yeah. Um, Italian X consultant. Italian X. Yeah. Like whenever I'm like, I'm like, Ben, what's a blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, it's this. I was like, Ben, what's a Gavone? And he was like, Mm. I know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like a fucking slob. But anyway, um, yeah, welcome to the pod again. Um, I don't know if you don't know Ben. He does the killer fucking Tony Soprano, Christopher Moltisanti impression. Literally everyone, I'm like, everyone I know, like, sends me your videos and they're like, oh my God, you know him. And I'm like, yeah, I do. It's amazing. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. Maya posted that video about wearing the Tony Soprano shirt. And I swear to fucking God, seven people sent me that. I'm like, I'm friends with Maya, dude. Crazy. I already saw the video. <laughs> Unexpected. Already seen it. It's all right. Yeah. All right. So, but yeah. yeah, we're gonna hop right in. Um, ben, as our guest, we wanted to ask you what your relationship is to the Sopranos. I remember many, many years ago, flipping through the cable channels on my TV and catching the um, Livia's funeral episode. I remember it specifically that one, but I remember seeing other ones as well. And I remember just being so interested, captivated, but I, I never like sought out to see the rest of it. I was like, Oh, that was a really interesting Mm -hmm. show. Huh? This was like maybe when I was in high school still. And then COVID happened and it was just like, it pushed me over the edge. Like I, I watched, I had to have watched like, 200 or 300 movies in like the calendar year, like from, from lockdown to the year later, like in that year, I had to have seen like 200 or 300 movies, like for the first time. Like I was like speed run, reading movies, TV. Sopranos was the first show I watched during that, that's that stretch run. And it was just the most resonant show that I had ever seen personally. And like, it it was like it like subconsciously awoke like all the italian stuff that i grew up with like that i just kind of didn't really acknowledge like all like the like the little nuances and the little stuff that they bring up from the fantastic writing that they have and all the people that wrote on the show david chase whatever but it also was just like a good show like this is just a great show fuck me relating to it at all like this is just like a really great show and I like, I I used to be a binger, a show binger, three, four episodes in a, in a sitting. I would sit down and watch one episode and I'd be like, that's it for tonight. It was like a treat. You know what I mean? Every night it was like a treat. And I finished the show and I was like, I connected, I reconnected with old friends mm. that I hadn't spoke to in years. Like I reconnected with my closest friend from like middle school over the show because I had just finished it and I like reposted like a Sopranos meme or something on my story. And he was like, oh shit. So him and I reconnected 
And then like my closest childhood friend and I reconnected over it too. I'm currently rewatching it for the first time with mm-hmm. him on his first watch. And it's like, I took them both to go see um, Talking Sopranos live with Sharippa and Imperioli and Vinnie Pastor. Mm-hmm. This was in December. But after the show ended, after I finished watching it, it kind of like overlapped with me getting on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And at the time people were like, you should get on TikTok. Like, why aren't you on TikTok? You should just like post stupid shit and see what happens. And one of the video, one of my, the first video that ever blew up was basically this Sopranos kitchen, like Tony Sopranos kitchen filter was on Instagram. And I just made a Chrissy video, a stupid Chrissy video. My impression wasn't even that good. Mm-hmm. And I got like a hundred thousand views and I was like, oh shit. And the rest has kind of been history all because of the show. Honestly, like mm-hmm. all of my inspiration to start posting or post consistently was because of my experience with the show. Mm-hmm. It was just because it, you know, personally, just one of the most emotionally resonant shows. The first show I truly connected with, like inside and out, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like fully yeah. and like motivated me and like inspired me to like do my own thing, like creatively. Mm-hmm. It's just the first show that really moved me like that. Oh, mm-hmm. That's, really that's my experience with it. That's beautiful. Thanks. How did you, like, how did the impressions start? Because you watched the show and then you were on TikTok. Like, like, what happened in between there? Did you just start doing a Tony Soprano impression one day? I always did impressions when I was a child. Mm-hmm. I always did them. I always did voices. Um, I would, I was the fucking kid on, on YouTube at like 12 years old watching all the people doing like 100 impressions, 100 impressions in under X minutes like those people that would post videos on YouTube. Yeah. And I'd be like, this is fucking sick. Guys, look at this. Like all my friends would be like, all right, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and I was like, this is so cool. Like this guy is so cool. Mm-hmm. So I'd always did voices. I always would do impressions of people and like remember, like I had a really good memory with regard to like lines, like lines from movies. I just remember so many mm-hmm. of them. So many of them, even today. So, and like, I do impressions of the stuff I love most, most of Mm -hmm. the time. And it was just like, after I watched The Sopranos and I started like really getting in elbow deep with regard to the internet lore and like all the people that follow The Sopranos and all the accounts and whatnot, it was just like, oh yeah. And there's very impressionable characters on the show as well, obviously. And I've seen impressions of other people doing them. And like, even before I started, I didn't really think I could do them. But it was just like, all right, let's 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 just rip it. You know what I mean? And I started doing, like, none of them were that good at the start at all, besides Chris. Because it's, it's in my register. Like, it's in my vocal register already. So it's not that hard. It's just getting the mannerisms and his delivery mm-hmm. down. But everybody liked them. And, like, even when I didn't do a really good one, like, I had already enough of a following. Even then to, like, like oh, that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's coming together. Like people commenting, oh yeah, it's getting a lot better. Mm. So it was just super encouraging. And then like, now it's like, I'll fucking talk like Tony by by my lonesome. If I'll, like lines that I think of, or just like, if something happens, mm-hmm. that something that, something that would happen to him, I would just talk like him. Yeah. Do you have any on your spirit like right now? When he's talking to Melfi about uh, Vito, and then he goes into how he likes um, the uh, the lesbian thing with the uh, Jennifer Beals. It's not bad. 
after just like talking about how being gay is disgusting and abhorrent. And I find it fucking disgusting, you know? But then he goes into talking about lesbian porn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's one I relate to. That's one I, that's one I, I, I really, for some reason, really, it really stuck with me. Tony Soprano's probably watched like a two hour video on the L word chart. <laughs> like, <laughs> I I just uh, I remember like because I'd seen this show a couple times and then I think I had watched the L word after I don't know it, the timeline is like unclear but I remember catching that finally and I was like wait I know he did not just say Jennifer Beals what does, <laughs> I'm like what do you know what what do you know about Shane and them like wh- like what are you, what are you talking about actually he was kind of in on the ground floor with regard to many things like very niche things. He was at the planet with the girlies. Like he was talking about, he was talking about art of war before anybody was like 48 laws of power, et cetera, et cetera. Like he was the one talking about, oh yeah, this book I've been reading. And he like read two pages and then like spark notes the rest. He's such a man. So real. Such a man. Oh, he's so real. Unfortunately. <laughs> Fuller, do you want to tell us about your relationship to the sopranos yeah yeah mine's kind of where did it all begin sure um my dear friend hannah who i've mentioned on the pod she and i i think we just finished watching like succession season one and that was like when that was the only season that was out and Mm -hmm. i was like i need more tv i can't keep re-watching the show and she was like oh you should watch the sopranos and she was like it's my parents favorite show and all this stuff and i was like Sure, okay. And I never really, like, I gave it a try, but I didn't really, like, invest in it. Mm-hmm. Um, So I, like, I like gave up on it. But then I tried it again during COVID. Um, Same with Ben. I tried it again with, with COVID. I also was seeing funny tweets from the OOC Sopranos account. Um, And I was giggling. And I was like, wait, I need to tap in. Like, this is funny. I watched, like, the first season um, you know, in quarantine, I didn't have shit else to do. And I got to like the end of season one, like when um Tony gets like shot at and it's like the wind blows and causes like the bullet to and it's like a windy day and they show all this stuff being blown away by the wind. So it's like the pretext to like what happens and all that stuff. I don't know. And I was like, I was sitting in my bed. I was like, this is fucking poetry, bro. This is fucking Shakespearean. It was beautiful. I was like, yeah, I was like, oh my God, like this is beautiful. And I like David Chase knew Brent was due, honey. Okay, the eviction notices were stacking up. <laughs> he said, I'm getting to work, mama. <laughs> it's crazy because he's so, like, what he can do and what he's created is so enthusiastic and passionate. But then you look at him and he's just, like, <laughs> miserable. And, and he, like, it's like, oh, my God, David, uh, you're a grandfather. And it'd just be him, like, looking at, like, a thousand yards staring at you. You know what I mean? He's like James Cameron. Looking at you like you're the cashier telling him to remove the card from the. It's just like beeping. The chip reader. The chip reader. It's like okay, you can remove that now, and you're he's just staring at you. Like <laughs> really, James Cameron. I fuck with James Cameron. James Cameron, Cameron I fuck being with like, Jim. yeah, I made the Titanic because I wanted to. I wanted to make. I wanted to buy a submarine. I don't really give a fuck about the the love story. Did you know that he like taught himself filmmaking by just reading books about filmmaking in his college's library? Big Jim is built different. <laughs> That's what real, that's what real autism is. Oh, yeah. I was like, I'm like, is he a little 
you know, does he like trades <laughs> a little bit too much? Did you know the story? Um, oh my God. This is like the, one of the create, like the one, maybe the, the only good thing that's come out of the Joe Rogan podcast. Someone was on the Joe Rogan podcast. I think it was Rob Lowe. I don't know why he was there. The, the check probably cleared nicely. That's all I'll say. I mean, the Atkins checks are probably running as well. But I digress. He was talking about being on the submarine with Jim Cameron underwater. They were, they were, exploring, they were exploring the water and they came up and they finally got cell reception. And they saw like 20, 30 missed calls from everybody. It was the morning of 9-11. They were underwater and came up and 9-11 had happened. And Jim was just going nuts with the, with the submarine. Absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. <laughs> Absolutely fucking uh, crazy. I want to smoke a bubble with James Cameron so bad. It's real bad. I would let him mansplain to me. I think I draw, I draw a line. <laughs> <laughs> is it mansplaining if you are also a man i think that's just a conversation and i think that's something we need to have more of these days <laughs> let's talk Conversations. about it <laughs> but yeah um i don't know i really liked the show i thought it was gorgeous um and now i'm like you know making a pod episode with two sopranos internet legends so honestly i'm just i'm just happy to be involved happy to be invited <laughs> i'm like kicking Dang. my feet <laughs> Okay, Maya. Ah, uh, oh my How god, you. This is so long. I was being such a chatty patty while I was filling this in, but um, like I mentioned in literally every single episode of the podcast, I grew up in South Brooklyn. It is a key aspect of my personality. It's like twenty percent. It's really important to me, and it's very, very, very Italian American back here. Me and my sisters always joke that we're a black Italian ex, like Beyonce, and like. It's so Italian X that a mob dude washed up in like the basin inlet behind our mall like six years ago. So yes, yeah, so I was basically, you know, I was in the Catholic school gym shooting with the Italian girls, mm-hmm. so to speak. And Marie Lestrassi. You were taking it with Victoria and Gabriella? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, of course. I, you know, I went to yeah. a couple confirmations. Yeah. Yeah. Her. Exactly. Me and my little Forever 21 dresses. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, at some point in middle school, I just came, became obsessed with like the concept of the Italian mob. I literally don't know where it came from. I don't know how nobody knew I had autism at that point because that's such an odd interest for a 13 year old black girl to have. But I just had a strong desire to consume mob media. But at the time, it was like 2012, 2013, streaming wasn't a thing yet. I didn't really have access to it. And then I went to high school. The obsession, like, never really went away. And then both my English teacher, my history teacher, who were pals, inadvertently spoiled the ending of it for me, which fucking sucked. But then that summer, I ended up buying a bunch of the episodes on iTunes from the first season. I was obsessed. And because it was, like, the beginning of the streaming age, it took me a long time to make it all the way through because I was, like, pirating. And I would always, like, lose track of where I was in the episode, whatever. And then eventually, maybe you guys remember this, when all the HBO shows were on, like, Amazon Prime. Yeah. So then I eventually finished it my senior year of high school. And then my freshman year of college, I was super depressed. It was the year that I turned 19. If you get it, you get it. And... I had a knee injury and I was stuck home and I was rewatching Sopranos for comfort and I was like, the show is so fucking funny. And I wonder if there is a out of context account for it. And as a undiagnosed Gen Z autistic girly, I was like, I'm no stranger to making my interests known via social media presence. Like that's how I'm going to connect with other people about my interests. So I started Sopranos out of context in the cave 
of my blue bedroom in South Brooklyn. And yeah, it was honestly just for fun. I had iPhone 7 in a dream and some screenshots. I was posting on there once a day. I was a marketing girly, so I was like, you know, this is fun. What It's basically what I'm studying in school anyway. Then the pandemic hit. And right before the pandemic hit, I had like 3,000 followers on there. And then HBO made their entire catalog open to everybody. So everybody was rewatching the show or watching it for the first time. Apparently, Americans often turn to mom media during times of like uncertainty and distress in America. I don't really know. It was like very much a lightning in a bottle type moment. And I was like, well, I'm home doing nothing. Everyone likes content anyway. So I might as well, you know, step my pussy up and keep doing what I'm doing. And then the account grew to 125,000 followers in nine months. It overlapped with like a really difficult time period in my life. And it was nice to have it as a distraction and just something to invest my time and my energy into. Then I started getting asked to interview for publications like Vulture. I interviewed with The Guardian. I interviewed with Complex. Someone in an interview with Lorraine Bracco, I think that's how you pronounce it. Somebody asked her about my account, I think, because they're interviewing her about her show. And um, yeah, it was like a really cool thing. It's like a fun like thing to tell people about. But eventually I, I got a full-time job. I was still dealing with stuff in my personal life. Just couldn't give it the attention that it deserved. And then I also just started to like lose the desire to keep up with it. And also I was tired of making white people on the internet laugh for free. So I decided to hang it up flat screen. But before then, I ended up meeting one of my best friends on there. I met a couple of other girls in Brooklyn that I'm friends with on there. And yeah, I'm just very glad for like the purpose that it served and that I got to have fun doing it. So yeah. 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 That's beautiful. I remember reading an article Mm -hmm. and they talked about you and you, I think it was, I don't know which publication it was, Mm -hmm. but it was like, Maya is a 22 year old from New York. And I was like, damn, this bitch is just like me. (laughs) Win. <laughs> that's awesome and now we're friends yes. now fola knows all my deepest I love how secrets. things work out isn't that crazy period that's crazy i was literally like a name on the screen in an article to you once and now i'm just like isn't that cr- me and fola do like ben i don't know if fola told you this but me and fola both go to therapy on friday mornings and we'll do like a post-therapy debrief like a debrief yeah, i'm like yeah. girl you don't want to know what christina said like, to what me today. <laughs> and she's like you don't want to hear what such and such said to me and i'm like oh so like she dragged me this morning. Yeah. And now I gotta go to work. And now and now Fola has has both mm-hmm. of us. Wow. In one in one in one yep. place. Isn't that that's fucking fun? awesome? Your mind. <laughs> and that's the oh I forgot that's the one thing I forgot to say about like the whole thing. Cause like I had been I've been posting for so long that I kind of just like it's just like it's like Jake Paul, it's every day, bro. Anyway. But I just turn my brain off and I'm just posting to the mm-hmm. void and somebody comments on one of my other videos. I think it was like a Bernie Sanders impression video I did. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, you're in, you're in fucking NPR. And I was like, what are you talking about? And they did an interview with Imperioli for White Lotus season mm-hmm. two. The author, I looked up the author on Twitter, but I DM'd her and she was talking to me about the article. And then I scroll down further and one of my videos is in it. Like one of my TikToks is in it. Yo. And I was like, oh my God, I just saw my TikTok in, in your your article. I loved it. And she was like, yeah, like don't, like I'm so sorry about like not crediting you. I didn't know like who to reach out to because, you know, on TikTok, they don't have a proper way to reach out to any of their creators about crediting or right. yeah. anything. But I digress. But 
she told me, like, I was talking to my boss about doing an article for Imperioli because Sopranos has been so big and it's been popping off with Gen Z. And I used your videos, talking about mine, I used your videos as like uh, a pitch to do this article because Gen Z fucks with Sopranos so heavy. She was like, you're like part of the reason why I got my article greenlit and like interview greenlit. And I was like, that's fucking insane. Did she Venmo you? We, we, we saw it in a rage, but I'm getting interest in the company. I have stock in the company now. I'm Logan Roying this shit. <laughs> but it was just so crazy that like, and then like, she mentioned that she showed him the videos. Oh, wow. She's like, oh, do you know who this is? He's like, oh, I'm not on TikTok, but like, these are fucking sick. So it's just like, it's just, it's just weird. Crazy. Then we're going to go to the club that he just opened. Oh my God. Yeah. The bar, yes. whatever it is. We have to go. Whatever it is. I think HBO should send us. Is it like in Midtown? It's on the Upper West. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to reach out to my connects at HBO and uh, I'm going to say, Hey, we heard about this. We heard about this bar that, um, some Sopranos guy is doing like act like super like yeah. nonchalant yeah. about it. Could you send, let's, let's, let's get some tickets for it. Thanks. Appreciate it. Tickets like for the bar. Like meal vouchers. <laughs> <laughs> Some drink tickets. <laughs> drink tickets. You know. And here we all are. Now we're pals. Okay, so we are astrology girlies. Um, so we did want to do our sun, moon, and rising from the Sopranos. <laughs> I don't know what any of this shit means, but um, as you shouldn't. As you shouldn't. Exactly, exactly. Men minding their business. If you know your big three, you're ran through, dude. You are ran <laughs> How many people have asked you for you to know it by my heart now? Do you know yours? Well, now mm -hmm. I do. Okay. Um, do, you want, do you want my actual one or the Sopranos one? Which one should we? Porquino los dos. Do you want... <laughs> Fuck it. So I'll do my actual. So it was... It was Virgo, Virgo sun, Virgo moon, Aries rising. Oh, wow. Yeah. Y you guys can talk about that later. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, we um, <laughs> You guys. Right. Right. Anyway. <laughs> so the, the Sopranos one I had was I was, I was Chris sun, okay. Uncle Junior moon, mm -hmm. Rosalie April rising. That's mm. such a good one. That's a really good one. Because she slept she's on. Oh, such she slept a good on. character. Mm -hmm. Her like whole she's evolution mother. through the show. She's mother down. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay, you really are Uncle June Moon. You really are <laughs> Uncle June Moon. I was thinking like, about it. I was really thinking about it, and I was like, I can't do any of the middle aged characters on the show. Wow. It has to be Uncle Junior. Uncle Junior. It has to be. Do you have an Uncle June voice? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> the the one line I looked up last night that like made me audibly laugh. It was when he was taking the the cancer. He, he, like it was after his cancer treatment, so he couldn't eat anything. Like he couldn't chew anything. And Tony's like, "Oh yeah, you look good though. You look strong." And he said, "If you're gonna lie to me, tell me there's a broad outside in the car waiting to tug my balls." That was like one of my favorite lines. He has the best lines no, on the whole show. Honestly, he's literally so uncle. Like he's uh. so. Like, go, go shit in your hat. Like, it's fucking, go perfect. It's perfect. Go shit in your hat. It's Him getting his hand stuck in, like, the garbage disposal. I've never yeah. been a realer bitch. <laughs> okay, I'm curious as to what, how you arrived at Rosalie April Rising. Because that's, like, a, that's a deep cut. It's a choice, yeah. Yeah. I was thinking, I, I almost said Patsy. Patsy Parisi oh, Rising. 
I love Patsy as well. But I think Rosalie's energy and her development and her growth as a character on the show, I, I just something resonated with me. She stands up for mm-hmm. her friends. You know what I mean? Even even if they don't stand up for her, which happens so many fucking times in the show, or they leave her out to dry. Mm-hmm. And maybe I resonate with that a bit. Do you have any things you want to say to some friends? <laughs> not anybody in the room. Not anybody oh, in the oh. room. And this is all in my. This is all in the oh, past, okay. really. Yeah, but I I love. I have Rosalie. no complaints. I think like her trajectory through the show is really interesting because she starts out as like being the most powerful woman in this, you know, group. And then it becomes tumultuous, but you still see her like, I don't know, you see her dealing with like, yeah, she goes through so much shit. And then she comes out and she's like, eat your man I got. <laughs> yeah. They're just like, let's just put her through the fucking yeah, ringer. Literally. How about that? And see what her happens. Her husband, and dead. Her son. Husband, dead. son, her, her boyfriend Ralph oh yeah also okay, dead. but that was her ex like they broke up so <laughs> yeah I'm like I don't know he's broke but like she's no up. no no but <laughs> I wish my <laughs> <laughs> like good for her a little bit <sighs> no and that's the thing and like she never wavered mm-hmm. that's the thing like she she persisted if you will <laughs> Elizabeth Warren's gonna like when next time she runs for president, she's going to be like, I actually see myself as sort of a Rosalie April type character. <laughs> I just thought of the the clip. There's a clip of Elizabeth Warren. I think she's talking about something that Trump said. <laughs> it's, it's Elizabeth Warren saying, fat broads and horse face lesbians. And like uh, that one, that one like runs in my head regularly. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, I chose Rosalie April because she's a very overlooked mm-hmm. character, but she has so many, she has a pocket of so many great mm-hmm. moments because of the way she is and how hardened she was because of where she started mm-hmm. out and where she ended up in terms of the status among the family. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was saying, I think. I think the wives of the show are slept on. Oh, yeah. As a whole. There was this tweet a while back that, like, this girl, I think it was Dana Donnelly, she was like, yeah, I want a Big Little Lies series, but it's all of the wives from The Sopranos. I was like, I need this immediately. I will inject that shit into my eyeballs. Because you have have Carmela, you have Gabriella Dante, you have, obviously, Janice, you have um, Angie Bompensero. Yes. Queenie. And and obviously uh, Rosalie. And then have the Gumars kind of <laughs> intermittently, you know, cross paths, coexist. It would it would be it would be cinema. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'd be beautiful. I mean, I agree. I've heard people say like Sopranos is a, it's a show about women. Oh yeah. Like it's a, yeah, you know, like the men are like doing the stuff, but it's it's about women. And if you don't see that, then like, I'm sorry. You just don't get it. But mm. How about you though, Fola? What's your what's your um, big three? Sopranos? So I said Adriana Sun. I just think she's so cunt. Like honestly, um, I rewatched a couple episodes in the tiger dress. You know the one I'm talking about. She ate I so it. bad. That dress would have ruined a lot of people's lives. A lot of people could not have pulled that off, Mm-mm. and she did. Like, honestly, like, just fashion-wise, you know, in the show, I do love watching TV shows and just being like, what the fuck are all the 
what are they all wearing? <laughs> um, so I just love her outfits. And she's just a fun character to me because it starts out and she's just like, you know, some like side character. And like she gets woven into the story more. And I just, I really like how she's like, I don't know. I just really like her as a character. And mm-hmm. I think she's done so dirty at the end, but. I I think she's just like the girl in trouble. Exactly, yeah. And that's why I fuck with how they handled her as a character. Obviously, they did her fucking dirty, yeah. but. But it's like she was, it was like she was, like it was always going to happen. Yeah. Um, I said I'm a Silvio Moon. Um, I just love the way that he is. I was thinking about the, I rewatched the poker game episode. Um, and he's like, I love cheese in my feet. I stick motherfucking provolone in my socks at night so I can smell like his sister's crotch in the morning. And like, just the way that he like, he'll go from being like, typically like the most cool headed person Mm -hmm. to like flipping the switch and Mm -hmm. being like, just because like he's playing poker. I feel like, yeah, that's me. Mm -hmm. Like I will fight you over Uno. We will fist fight. I'll box. (laughs) What do you mean draw four? <laughs> I was going to introduce myself as the cheese that Matthew Bevilacqua tries to sweep from Silvio's feet. That's who I would have introduced myself as. Matt Drinkwater. I okay. I side sidebar. I love that Matt Drinkwater was trying to like make a nickname mm-hmm. happen. Like I, as a girl who's tried to make a nickname happen. What for was myself, the nickname? Um, Lulu, as in Olu, Lulu. <laughs> It was 10th grade, okay? I thought it ate. You tried it. I thought it ate, okay? He would go up to people and be like, Matt Bevilacqua, drink water. And he he was trying. Like, I really, I do love him for the, um, you know, the persistence. Sometimes you have to be your biggest advocate. Okay. Exactly. He also was like the original emo black thought. Because like, he would be like, you know, drink water. <laughs> you know? Like he he walks so emo black. I walks. wonder how Tony Soprano would have like reacted to emo black. Folk. Oh, he, he he would have called it something a little bit different. She's not abroad. <laughs> <laughs> it it definitely would have been a emo, emo redacted <laughs> thought for sure. <laughs> like it's like a drop down menu. Like pick the slur that you. <laughs> <laughs> he would call it emo black finuk. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. Um, okay, so I have written Bobby Bacala Rising, but I rewatched University and I think I'm actually a Georgie Rising. Um mm. because fun thing about me, I do love a little fact that's irrelevant to the situation. And I do love saying stuff, and then people give me blank stares, and I'm like, <laughs> like, yeah. I thought it made sense. Like he goes in, they're talking about, they're talking about like, oh, we told Bean Z. Da, 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 da. He's like, it's a sobriquet, a nickname, and Tony is like, <laughs> he just stares at him for like a couple mm-hmm. seconds, and it was just, it's so funny, it's beautiful, and I'm like, he's so real. Um, yeah, just like fucking stuff up a little bit occasionally. I I love him for that. Like, you're never gonna make me hate him. But I also I see so much Bobby Wakala on me. Like, I don't know, keeping things in your freezer because you want to preserve them. Yeah, 
Yeah, I'll be like, that was my, that was my mom's last, last egg soup that she made me before. <laughs> oh, man. I'm keeping it there. <laughs> uh, anyway, what about you, Maya? This one was so hard because just, they're all so fucking real. Um... I definitely am, like, a Meadow Sun. I was watching some episodes earlier. I think I'm, like, an earlier season Meadow Sun because I, too, relate to being a spoiled Northeastern girl with a Leo dad who is old-fashioned and very problematic and, like, you know. You know, he's the one you got to watch around your friends because he's going to say something a little bit not PC. <laughs> um, and He's going to say something colorful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I just relate to her being, you know, a smart bad bitch with a dad who really loves her. And, you know, mm-hmm. slime. Um, a lot of people can't say that about themselves. A lot of people can't say that. <laughs> I was going to say that, and I'm glad you said it, because I thought it was too mean. A lot of people can't say that. <laughs> this New York Instagram page posted, reposted that TikTok I made about wearing my Soprano shirt to the bar. And some random man with a Johnny Sack profile picture DM'd me because my display name on Instagram is Black Meadow Soprano. And he DM'd me who's like Black Meadow Soprano, clown emoji, laughing face emoji. And I was like, okay, well, Meadow Soprano, beautiful, smart, dad loves her, comes from a wealthy background or like upper middle class background, whatever. Um, I have more in common with her than you do with Johnny Sack because Johnny Sack would not be DMing and antagonizing random bitches on Instagram. He would think you're a loser, actually. Exactly. So... He's he's got one woman that he's worried about, and it's his goddamn wife, and that's on period. Imagine put someone putting a hit out, you making fun of their their spouse, and they like, I'm gonna kill you, right? Like that one meme, like we're gonna kill you, bro. <laughs> I put the I'm a Carmella Moon, but I'm having some second thoughts about it. I feel like maybe I'm more of a Tony Moon because I too mm. um, am depressed and go to therapy, and I'm on Prozac. And then Same. Gloria Trillo rising because she was like another bad bitch that was in therapy. You know, like literally her and Tony, literally me and who. And I love that she was just cunty and had a job and like worked at the luxury car dealership and was hot. So. Right. And she served. And a bit of a mess. Exactly. You know. Exactly. I love, like, I she was a messy bitch who lived for drama. You picking up his wife and driving her to her house. That's cr- it's crazy. She's real mad ting, but you know what? She ate that. I fear she did. I was gonna say I'm like if we we're gonna expand it to like the big six, I would say I'm a Gloria Trillo, Vina, slay. I love that. As in wanting to die after <laughs> every breakup. <laughs> She's real unfortunate. Yeah. Okay. So talk about one underrated episode. And one all-timer episode. I'll start with my underrated. Um, I already talked about it a little bit. I was the one that was like, I had like six different answers for the questions. Um, I don't know if Boca's underrated, mm-hmm. but I randomly love it. I I don't know, like Boca's the episode where Uncle June gets, he's eating puss, okay? And they're calling him gay. And they're like, they're like, oh my God, haha, you eat pussy? Loser. Not that we're calling him a munch. Gay person. And I was like, doing the math, I was like, wait, how does, how does, how does munching box 
make you make you make you like dick. I think it means you have such a desire to equate yourself with cooter. Anyway. You know who wouldn't you know who wouldn't have been making fun of him? Who? Johnny Sack. Oh yeah. If he was there, oh, shit, yeah. shit would have went a lot different. Exactly. Shit would have been a lot different if Johnny Sack was in. around at that time. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah. Let's just let's just call in our our resident box extraordinaire, Johnny Sack from New York. Johnny. <laughs> Number one woman respecter, Johnny Sack. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But Tony has some of his like my favorite lines. Like he's just he's just cooking Uncle mm-hmm. June just time after time. And like that, like Tony making fun of him for eating puss, being like the catalyst as to why he's like, okay, yeah, let's murder him. I love it. I just think I I do love the drama. I don't know. And calling him a Bushman of the Kalahari is hysterical. Yeah. And then smashing a pie in your girl's face for being like, he's a munch. I don't know. I gagged a little bit. I was going to say, she really said, you thought I was fooling you? <laughs> no, it's like, oh my God. Also, but like, okay, the people in the show did her really dirty because you go to the nail salon and you talk to your girl at the nail salon. What the fuck do you mean the nail girl's now telling other people what the fuck you said? Right. Like, I thought this was a safe space. What happened to feminism? What happened to sister? Hello. Doesn't, Hello. Isn't that is isn't that a violation of HIPAA? Literally. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a violation yeah. of HIPAA? And mind you, they're saying they're saying full names, first and last. Yeah, not even not even pseudonyms. <laughs> full government names. This is suburban New Jersey, by the way. Right. This is not too far from my neck of the woods, Long Island, where everybody knows everybody's everything. Wow. So if 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 somebody's eating box, everybody's gonna know within two to three business hours. Oh my god. Yeah, but that last scene where he like smashes the pie in her face always gets me really upset. But it's also just really good because, you know, he's like really upset. Like he he loves this woman a lot. And, you know, clearly he loves munching her box, but like he he loves the respect from, you know, his people. He craves male validation more. Exactly. And I'm like. He craves male validation. I'm like, why? Why does that? Um, Yeah. Anyway. I also, that episode has Meadows soccer coach being like a weirdo and a freakazoid. Mm. Um, He's like ready to leave. And then Tony like bribes him to stay. And then he finds out that he's actually been screwing one of Meadows teammates who like tries to commit um, the S word. And yeah. And then I think it's like just the way that they like Tony goes from being like, oh my God, here's a TV. Here's, you know, you know, oh, we're taking your dog unless you fucking um, stay. And then going from that to being like, okay, how are we going to kill him? Because he's slept with my daughter's friend. Um, I do think it's really interesting. I think it's a pretty good, and you have like Silvio, Artie, and Tony um, there. And it's just a really interesting look at like, I think the whole episode is a really interesting look at masculinity. Um, but specifically, like, these men as fathers and how they, like, regard fatherhood and how they, like, the lengths that they will go 
for the sake of, like, protecting their children and protecting their daughters. Um, so, yeah, I think it's really interesting. And then also seeing Syl at the soccer game, like, yelling at the ref. Like, I, like I'm like i a Silvio Dante girl down. Like, I'm sorry. You'll never make me hate him. Um, yeah. So I really did like that. There is a scene in, in Boca where Tony's like, okay, well, did she, like, you know, some girls are, like, a little, like, he was basically saying, like, oh, is she was she, like, suggestive to him? like the the friend to the coach and i was like anthony okay. i'm like girl get it together um yeah so yeah the scene where the scene where paulie tries to give him the tv is fucking so. hilarious my name's clarence <laughs> like uh, who the fuck like you you pull up to my house in a sergio tacchini tracksuit with a couple of Ginzos behind you. And your name's Clarence? <laughs> with wings. With the wings in, by the way. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't know if Boke is underrated. But I like it. It's such a fun episode. There's so mess. Fun. There's gossip. It's like messy, yeah. It distills that early feel of like everybody knows everybody's mm-hmm. shit. Yes. Into an episode. Because... That is the talk of the town. Mm-hmm. Right. The soccer team's trying to go to states, and the the coach is just on one. Nasty. And then and then it's like, what do we do in the wake of this? Because then everybody knows. Right. Everybody knows within like, whatever, a day or two. Yeah. And he leaves. Doesn't he? Doesn't he leave? I think he gets arrested. Right. Right. Oh, he did get arrested. Um, I haven't watched because they were like they were like, oh, we're gonna kill him, but then they were like, no, let's just. Just call the police and say like, also yeah, arrested. Them calling the police. It'd be fucking serious. <laughs> calling calling the police and be like, hey girl, it's me. Cause you know they're besties with everybody in the fucking police department. <laughs> call up Agent Harris. Agent- <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah. I was like, I could talk about like 10 episodes and call them underrated, but I won't because we will run out of time. I'm not going to lie. I had seven Wikipedia pages open before this. <laughs> I have like seven Wikipedia tabs open for each of the episodes, but I'll, can I, can I go next? Yeah. Do you want to do your underrated? Do we all Hell want to do yeah, our underrated yeah. and then our all timers? Okay. Sweet. Uh, my underrated was House Arrest. Mm. Season two, episode 11, I want to say. And I remember because I just had freshly rewatched this a couple of months ago with my friend Anthony, no less, no pun intended. But I remember sitting back after that episode and just asking myself how the hell I could forget about it. Mm. Like, it's just, it's, it's, I, I'm a sucker for when the show parallels a similar structure for another character's plot line. Like, Junior is obviously coming fresh off the indictments that landed on him. So he has to be on house arrest. And then Tony, because of the indictments, has been advised by his lawyer to stay the fuck at home and not get into any tomfoolery. And Tony's like, all right, fine, whatever. And those two plot lines are the two main plot lines in this episode. That the first one, the first thing I remembered when I was recounting this episode was when Tony's socially distancing. He's quarantining from everybody. He doesn't want to get into any legal trouble. And he gets such fucking FOMO 
when the guys find World War II memorabilia, they're like, oh my God, Tony, like, this is the coolest shit ever. There's, and he's at home, he's like, vibrating. and Tony's like, <laughs> Tony's like, oh my fucking God. I can't leave the house, guys. I'm, I can't, I can't, I just can't do it. And they're like, come on, it's so cool. And he's just like, I gotta, I gotta go. And he's so bored that he's driven to going to Barone Sanitation (laughs) to do like a, like a, a business check-in with the people there to make it look like he's doing something else. Mm -hmm. He's actually doing what he's doing on his taxes as his occupation. And he ends up just fucking the blonde receptionist. Because he's bored. So rude. I'm having a sneaky link because he was bored. He's such a man. <laughs> he was literally, he was literally just like, oh yeah, I'll go to Barone. And then just just bangs out the first woman he sees, essentially. Incredible. Is that one where he gets a rash? I don't think so. Yes, he does. Okay. Yes, that's right. I, that I forgot he about was that. Like, yeah. But it's like literally because of impending anxiety, like doom and impending doom and anxiety around that. And he's just scratching himself all the time. And he like, like faints like, at that party. Yes. He's they go to, to, they go to the Barone, they go to the Barone sanitation ball gala. That and is Richie, so fucking New Jersey. Are you kidding? <laughs> he finds out that Richie's dealing Coke on the garbage routes and has a panic attack in front of everybody at the gala. And everybody's like, Oh my God, what, what is he? Okay. What? Like he was, he was trying to eat, he was trying to eat a plate of antipasta and just fucking crushes a table. <laughs> Poor bastard. I think the episode starts out with them dumping all of the garbage. I was going to say, is it the trash episode? Ew, it's so yes, good. with the terribly CGI'd trash that they added. When you it go back CGI'd? and look, it's, it's, it's literally like a Photoshop picture of garbage that they're dropping down. Like the color of the, the color of the garbage does not match the color of the rest of the fucking oh shot. God, it's I have so to go funny. look it up. I never but noticed that. That's and it, it and then obviously that's like another subplot that they kind of tackle is obviously Tony kind of governing from the shadows while also trying to lay the lay down the law with regard to Richie because he's just blatantly not giving a fuck. Mm-hmm. But I think the best I think the best plot line in the episode is Uncle Junior's plot line. Like he comes out of he comes out of the hospital room and he a, a woman recognizes him and it turns out that he he knew her many many years ago she was the uh she was the wife of a police officer in the area and obviously junior knew all the cops most right. likely and he he kind of withholds like giving her attention or or talking to her because he's just like shameful for where he's at now. Like he's, he's yeah, the boss of New Jersey, but he's on house arrest and he's fucking sick. Mm-hmm. Like he's in, he's in real bad shape, but he lets her in to, he lets her in not only to his home, but his like life. Right. Like he reveals that he's like not doing well and he has a fucking sleep apnea mask and he goes to the, he has to go to the hospital all the time because he's sick. And she just doesn't care. She brings food over and takes care of him. And I remember at the end of the episode, such a like a touching scene was when he was like, I think he was sleeping on the couch and he was having an arousal like from the snoring. And she comes over and puts on the sleep apnea mask, right? And is like rubbing his feet and they're just watching TV together. And I was like, man, that's just super nice. Like, I just completely forgot about that little, like, I love when, I love when The Sopranos specifically does, like, the one-off episode plotline. 
never to be addressed again. But it's just something real nice, real sweet like that. I was going to say, does she ever even come back? No, we never see her again. But that was just a nice little parallel between Tony and, and Junior having the same kind of like stir crazy need to do something illegal, basically. <laughs> He's You're like, I've been real. doing well for too long. Yeah. Real. Not to mention, um, Dr. Melfi in this, in this episode, basically, um, exuding all the symptoms that Tony has in her own life, excessively indulging in this case, drinking, she becomes like, she starts displaying alcoholic tendencies again. Cause she said she has problems. She's had problems with it in the past. Mm -hmm. And then she also gets into a confrontation with this woman that's smoking at the restaurant when she's at her, when she's at dinner with her kid and she's swearing a lot. Like she's cursing out, uh, her therapist. And he's like, I'm connecting the dots here. You're still seeing him, aren't you? And she's like, yeah. And then she's, she said that she's like drinking before and after his sessions. Like imagine being that person, imagine going to therapy and your therapist has literally been driven to drink because of you. <laughs> That's crazy. Wow. And I just thought that was such a nice third wrinkle in the plot lines that they were balancing mm -hmm. in this episode. Mm -hmm. And I just think, like I know, Maya, you're, I was looking at the outline and you said your episode is the best ending in the show. Mm -hmm. But I, I think this one is. I think it's like the most like happy ending, mm -hmm. sunny, very feel good, mm -hmm. but also morbid. Yeah. Tony comes back and everybody's like, oh, like it's so like you finally grace us with your presence. And he's like so happy. He's fucking massaging himself with one of the electric things that they had in the fucking at the at Satriales. Paulie's talking about Swiss basics moisturizer while he's doing the tomato sauce. And Sylvia's like, oh, maybe I'll try it out. And then Furio, Furio's playing or no, Hesh and Chrissy are playing cards. Furio and, and Pussy are reading. Oh, this is also before Pussy dies. Mm -hmm. So it's like the last like hurrah with the old quote unquote crew. Mm -hmm. And they go outside because there's a guy driving recklessly in the neighborhood. Silvio and, Fu uh, Silvio and Furio go yell at him while uh, Agent Harris drops by and Tony's talking to him. And then it's like this long sweeping zoom out shot of mm -hmm. everybody outside Satriales. And it's just fucking perfect. Johnny, uh, Johnny Thunders, you can't put your arms around a memory. One of the best needle drops in the show. And it's just, if that was one, if that was a person's one episode with The Sopranos, I feel like they'd be content. Like, oh, I've seen all of the angles of the show mm -hmm. in one episode. And nobody had to, like, it wasn't like a major death in the episode. Nobody had to die. There wasn't a, one of the 700 counts of infidelity being revealed. It's just, a straight shot episode. And I think it's a slept on episode because of that, because there's no big monumental events. That's my underrated pick. And what about you, Maya? My underrated episode. It's also definitely in my top five of Sopranos episodes. It's Pack Soprano, which is season one, episode six. I always say on the pod, I'm a big like season one person for any TV show. There's just something so like, something so like cozy and comfortable about the first season of a show. So Basically, Tony has whoever, I forgot his name, spying on Melfi. Melfi has, at this point, already figured out that, or Carmel has already figured out that Dr. Melfi is actually a woman because Tony has been telling her that she 
that his therapist is a man the whole time. And James Gandolfini and Lorraine Bracco's chemistry is fucking insane in this episode. And um, Tony is, like, having some issues. He's having, like, impotency issues with his Prozac, real. And he's, like... he we can like watch we're watching him like begin to open up to melfi in real time and like become fond of her and he's like starting to like bring her cups of coffee to their session and stuff and he's like he began having like a bunch of dreams about her like sexual dreams about her and he ends up like professing to her in session that he's in love with her and she's like okay i think we need to talk i think we need to talk about this more can you come back later he was like no and Honestly, the way that he was, like, he, like, professed his love to her, it was, like, it was really profound. He was, like, you know, he was, like, he, I think he was lying to her about having a mistress. And he and Irina had gotten, had gotten into an argument because he told Irina that he wanted her to dress more business-like, you know, not, not lost on me because they both have short brown hair and Dr. Melfi stays, she stayed in a Macy's skirt and suit set, you know? Okay. And they, like, they had just been fighting a bunch or whatever. And Tony's, like, lamenting to Melfi about her, but he's saying it's actually Carmela. And he's like, oh, you know, like, I just like that, you know, I would like that she'd be more reserved and, like, you know, kind of like you. And he, like, he really was sliding on her in the therapy session. He was like, you know, you're gentle. You're not loud. You're sweet-sounding like a mandolin i think he said i was like i was geeked and (laughs) he also she was also having issues with her cars and he like called in a favor to get her starter replaced in her car so they stole her car in the middle of the night and then brought it back and she saw them taking the car away and frankly that would have worked on me i i would have violated all the therapy oaths and all the hippies (laughs) they they all would have been violated that would have worked on me i'm an act of service service. right (laughs) and then it's also, there's just so much happening in this episode. Um, it's also Tony and Carmela's anniversary, and Tony and Carmela are on the rocks because um, Carmela had figured out that Melfi was a woman. And also, Johnny Sack, for whatever reason, was at the restaurant talking with Tony about Hesh because Uncle June decided for some reason that Hesh needed to start paying tax on his thing. I think it was specifically because he was Jewish, which. I was going to say anti Semitism. That's, that's yeah. Why. Yeah. Yeah. Very weird stuff. Bold. Bold of him to do that. Like that's and that was like literally one of the that was one of the first things he did as acting boss. He's like, I'm gonna tax the Jewish guy more. <laughs> right. And everybody's just like, what? <laughs> like, like he said, Welcome to the New World Order. <laughs> <laughs> Early season Tony Riz is ridiculous. Over the course of the show, he becomes fucking insufferable with what he how he approaches women but early on he was he had it he had it he had some game and i want to say it's like it's it's like equally the writing and equally james gandolfini being so fucking sexy um but yeah so it's tony and carmela's anniversary carmela's upset that they have been having sex tony's having his having issues getting it up because of the prozac blah 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 blah. and then carmela's also mad at mad at him about melfi being a woman she at one point thought that he was actually sleeping with Melfi. I think she still thought that at this point. And then she was also mad that Johnny Sack showed up at the restaurant for their anniversary dinner because they were talking about the Hesh thing. There's just so many like good lines in this episode. Like at one point, um, Hesh and Tony are outside of, of Satriali's and 
Hesh is like, oh, well, you know, if your Uncle June wants to tax me more money, I could. He was like, you know, I wrote six gold records. I can live off of my royalties. And and Tony was like, um, a couple of black kids wrote six gold records. You owned the company and you gave yourself a co-writing credit. And I was like, okay, woke king, period. Like, my uh? <laughs> <laughs> And also we get Uncle June getting vengeance on like his tailor's grandson who died by suicide at like 14 because he took drugs sold to him by someone else that was in like the crime family or whatever and as somebody who is like freshly in their early 20s and very loyal to my dry cleaner and my tailor i get it because those are those are my dogs <laughs> and um, uncle june talking to olivia at one point and like i don't even remember what she said but he very sarcastically was like i'm playing shortstop for the mets yeah, like I believe whatever oh, you were saying. She was basically denying that she had any culpability in trying to orchestrate anything going on in the mob. Yes, with Johnny or Junior. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And Junior was like, "If if roles were reversed and the women were in charge, you would be at the top Ooh. and you would be pulling strings." And Livy was like, "I don't know what you're talking about." <laughs> she yeah. was playing. She was playing the dement. She was playing the dementia card or Alzheimer's card at that point. <laughs> yeah yeah and then he was yeah in response to that he was like yeah and i'm playing shortstop for the mets and i have integrated that into my vocabulary i changed it a little bit because um i'm a pinstripes girl ben i don't know what new york baseball team you me like. too oh me too me too taste one um i'm on the i'm on the right side of history oh of course <laughs> but yeah and just i th- just think it's a great episode you know like it just tony having these like really complicated feelings about melfi's in there and then also the way that like his family dynamics are playing into that. Melfi tells him straight up, she's like, you actually are not in love with me. I am all the things that you think are missing in your wife and in your mother. Word to Sigmund That's Freud. Plot. I was like, right. get him, sister. Right. And it's also like one of the very first instances of the dream sequences that we get. The ending, they're all at like the big... I don't remember exactly what party it was, but they're at the part... This Oh, it's Uncle June's like celebration party because he's like the captain now. Mm-hmm. And... It turns out that one of the waiters there has a camera on like his lapel and it's taking pictures of all of them. And then they're like literally putting up their pictures and connecting the it was oh, I was gagging. Oh, I God. was gooped and gagged. Right. So that's my underwear. Because that's like episode. the first time we get in the show, like we get like any law enforcement. Cause we're just like, okay, yep. these guys are just fucking around in New Jersey. Is no one like Right. Like the stakes just got no one looking at them. And then you're like, yeah. oh shit. And the music that was playing. Mm-hmm. It's yes, a good that was, I was going to say that was one of the other good needle drops. It's a good ending. Oh, yeah. yeah. Pax the Pride is like one of the ones I rewatch often. It's very Also, good. I think there's a scene, there's a really good scene in that episode where Tony's trying to like reason with Junior and they're at like, a, I think they're at one of AJ's baseball games or like AJ's football game or something. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, that's where they drop the Pax Soprano line. While they're talking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was talking about, he was talking about like when John, I think he was talking about when Tony's father, Johnny was acting boss. Yeah. And things were, things were peaceful. And Tony's like, I want to bring that, like, I want to bring that back. I want that to be, I want there to be a smooth transition of power here. Mm-hmm. And Junior's like, ah, yeah, whatever, whatever. Like kind of like, cause he still wants to be boss at this right. point. And that was right before, I think that was right before they made him boss. Obviously. Cause they, the end of the episode mm-hmm. yeah they had the whole party they had the little um they had the little shindig for uncle junior yeah they had a sweet 16 yeah they had the quince they had uncle june's quince <laughs> <sighs> but yeah it just feels like just 
quintessential Sopranos, an episode of that I never get sick of watching. Again, all three of our episodes, too. No major deaths, no major huge plot points being resolved or, f- like, furthered. Just, like, very one-off episodes yeah. that need more love, frankly. Yeah. And I, I think that's, like, the joy of the show is that a lot of it is just, like, mundane. Like, I think that when we watch, like, you know, things like Goodfellas or The Godfather, it's like, oh, my God, like, mob bosses, like, the mafia, mm-hmm. they're all, like, there's crazy shit happening all the time. And it's, like, it's, like, the mob boss has a rash and he's having a really bad day. And he's so <laughs> valid for that. And he's so real. Today, the mob boss is just binging the History Channel. Exactly. And eating ice cream. Not leaving his house. Um, yeah, and it's like, I think I watched a thing that was like TV of the 90s and it was talking about how The Sopranos was like this big deviation from mm-hmm. prior like mafia media and mm-hmm. how it was like, what if we gave a mob boss, mob boss a therapist? And it's like just stuff like that. So I think that that's yeah. like... You know, I think that's why we do, like, find joy, you know, as fans and just, like, the episodes where, like, they're just being people and mm-hmm. the stakes happen to be a certain way because of who they are. And that's yeah. why the show is so great because anybody, even today, mm-hmm. like Michael Francese or Francis or whatever, that, that guy that used to be in the mob that always weighs in on mob accuracy mm-hmm. in media, and he's like, oh, this would never happen. This would have never happened. And it's like, maybe that's why it's so timeless and and groundbreaking. Mm -hmm. Maybe because it did something that it had never been done before or after, frankly. Mm -hmm. It's like that. And that's why it was the golden age of television. Because these were things that were being broadcasted that had never been broadcasted on such a wide scale. Mm -hmm. It's like therapist, mob boss has a therapist. Oh, that's not accurate. It's like, if, if we played everything by the book according to you, everything would be fucking boring. And we'd be, we'd be clamoring for Outer Banks season 18. <laughs> Yo, you're just like unloading the clip today. Like, just like, what do Outer Banks do to you? <laughs> this is every day. Damn. Wait, we're his Melfi. That's real. I mean. Okay, so do we want to do Alzheimer's? Mm-hmm. Yes. Kick it off. Um, yeah, so I had this as like one of my underrateds, but I think it's probably I just rewatched this day and it's definitely like my all-time favorite episode mm-hmm. of the show. Um, and that's University, season three, episode six. Um, for one thing, season three is like one of my favorite seasons of the Sopranos. Yep. It's, it's genuinely like from start to finish, just it doesn't let up. Like, it is so good. Every episode is just, like... And it's, like, that's when I think David Chase, like, wanted to, like, raise the stakes. He was, like, you pitches are dramatized. You guys are glamorizing the mafia too much. And so mm-hmm. it's, like, very violent and very, like, upsetting. But I think it's also just got some of the best, like, storytelling um, in the show. And also, like, knowing that the storyline could have been completely different if Nancy Marchand, or how do you say her last name? If Mar- yeah, Nancy Marchand, yeah. Nancy Marchand, like, didn't die, the one who plays Livia, Tony's mom, um, because there was going to be, like, a completely different storyline. Um, and so they had to, like, you know, improvise. But I think, like, in that, it's it brought out, like, just genuinely good TV. Um, so, yeah, I could talk about season three of The Sopranos for ever um and there's like a three episode run 
in that um, season that I really love. Um, it's like another toothpick employee of the month and then university or something that order. Um, but university is the last episode in that like run. And it's just my favorite. Um, I think it's a standout. I think it's just, I don't know, really well done. First of all, we open up with living on a thin line by the kinks. Um, I'm sorry. Like every time that is my fucking jam. Like I'm surprised it hasn't been on my, um, my Spotify wrapped and it's literally because of this fuck ass show. Um, but I don't know. I love, I love it. I don't know. There's no England now. I was like, yeah, yeah. I like the sound of that. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, basically we have these like two storylines going in parallel. We have Meadow like being in college, um, adjusting to Columbia and her like relationships with people there. Um, her freaky roommate, Caitlin, who like is just having a really bad time in college. She's a geeker. She is a geeker. <laughs> She's so interesting and it's like the when they first when she first gets in she's like oh my god I love I love being in college and she's like singing and like going to the bars and all that stuff and then episode six a couple weeks later she's like I don't leave my apartment I don't leave the dorm and I drink and I'm on anti-anxiety medication and I'm ripping my hair out like freshman year of college yeah <laughs> I understand. Um, but yeah. So there's her. Then there's also Jamal Ginsburg, the Hasidic homeboy. We're watching that relationship evolve. Um, and then on the other side, we have Tracy, the dancer, who is in this like insane relationship with Ralphie. And she is like constantly in the show coming up to Tony and being like, hey look at me, like, um, like first she comes up and he gives her, he gave her some advice about her, his, her son. And she like brings him date nut bread. And then he's like, he's like, what the fuck am I going to do with bread? And like every, like he constantly, he's like, oh my God, look at, she's like, look at my braces. Oh my God. Hi, how are you? Like just trying to like build this relationship with Tony. And he's like not having it. A, because she's sleeping with Ralph, but B, it's like, he's just like, this is not, like, we're not, you know, you're a dancer, I'm your boss. Um, so, yeah, I think that, and, like, Ralphie's just, like, super awful, and I think that, like, the parallels that they do are, like, very, I think, it, you know, when you watch, like, a show and they're, like, trying to, like, be, like, these two things are connected, like, I think it's very good at, like, doing that and, like, being kind of heavy-handed with it, um, so, like, there's, like, a scene where, like, Tracy's, like, walking, and then it beca- the, the shot, like, becomes Meadow walking, like, from behind. It's, like, the same angle. I was going to say—I said it's, like, that um, succession edit with 21 Savage. The gang is what I trust. <laughs> that shit eats. Oh, my God. <laughs> because they have, The one like, that I sent? Yeah. The one I sent yeah, you guys? Yeah, like, the original yeah. one. Yeah. Because you know how they, like, they walk, and then it's, like, okay— First, we have, like, Kendall walking, and then it becomes Roman or whatever. Um, it's beautiful. And so I think they do that a lot. Like, um, there's a part where, like, Tracy, like, puts her head down in sadness, and then, it, like, someone picks up their head, and it's, like, Caitlin Meadows' roommate. So it's, like, we're weaving these things in together very specifically, and I think that it's just—I think it's really beautiful. Um, and I think that, like, Tracy is so heartbreaking because she's, like, looking for this kind of fatherly support in Tony— and he's he refuses to give it to her until she's dead. Um, 
oh yeah, by the end of the episode, Ralph basically just like beats her to death, which is crazy. Um, and it's like she's literally Meadow from another universe. And like he definitely, as the season goes on, you st- he's like, st- he like, Tracy like haunts him in a way. So I think that it's also just like a really pivotal episode um, generally. But yeah, I just think it's, it's it's so fucking good. Also the gladiator references. Like Ralphie, unfortunately, despite being awful, is also so me-coded because going to the movies and seeing something and then suddenly that movie being your entire personality. <laughs> it's real as fuck. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, and like referencing it as if everybody had seen the new movie. <laughs> exactly. He walks in and he's like, I have come to save Rome for my people. And everyone's like, girl, what the fuck are you talking <laughs> Everybody's just like, what are you They were like, chow anyways. <laughs> they, were, they look at him and they're like, okay. And then he pulls out that chain. He's like, no, we're good. Like, I want to play. We're playing. And he starts like, he like hits up. And then he fucking, he almost takes. He takes his it, eye, it, Georgie. Yeah, Georgie's, Georgie's eye, eye gets out. fucking busted it's open. Crazy. And I'm just, it's just like, it's just so much of him being like awful. Um, but yeah, then it's just, I don't know. I just really love that episode. I can't like, I just watched it earlier and I was like, this is amazing. Um, and yeah. Season three is narratively like the official jumping off point for the rest of the show. Like mm-hmm. the loss of innocence angle is sprinkled through the entire third season. This was like a one-off, like Tracy being like a representation of that was just kind of singular to this episode. But obviously Meadow over the course of this season kind of having so much friction with with Tony. Mm -hmm. And then also the whole Jackie Jr. angle. Yeah. And having that be the conclusion of this this season is kind of like, okay, like, okay, one of the kids died. Right. Now where do we go? Like this thing, this thing has eventually led us to killing one of our own friends' kids. Yeah, because of what happened at the at the poker game. Yeah, and I had I had the poker game. I had the poker game as one of my other favorite episodes because the scene where, like, they go in and he finds out it's Chrissy. Like Chrissy's there. It's so beautiful and it gives me chills every time. Sorry, off topic. But <laughs> yeah, again, I could talk about season three forever and ever and ever. Mm-hmm. The lights were too bright. But it's the like, lights were too bright for them yeah, that night. It's like, it's just this really, it's it's like a pivotal season. And I don't know, but like University, I think is like one of those like episodes that does just stand out for me because of that. They're like, we're, it's like, what it's a, it's kind of another one-off. Like we have this one single episode of Tracy, um, but like the way that it's like weaved into everything else, I think is really beautifully done. So yeah. Also, I love the dancers. I love, I love their boobs. I think I just love the diversity of boobage on the screen. I was like, wow. Um, yeah. There's one that comes in and she's like got a feather boa. And she moves like this. She fucking enchants me every I time I watch that episode. She, ugh, she's everything. I do too. What's going on? Should we go to the? I Bada actually Bing? visited there. We should go. To I the went Bada there. Bing. Don't no, it's not worth it. Trust me. Sam. There's a fucking there's a there's a dispensary next to it now. We're losing. Is nothing sacred. <laughs> It's like putting a dispensary next to the fucking Vatican. It's ridiculous. 
Let's be adults. Uh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a piece of shit and also do one from season three. Go for it. But it's it's he is risen. Mm-hmm. Three eight. Mm-hmm. Three eight. Mm-hmm. Because that's like obviously it, it it rang true in my mind because it was the Thanksgiving episode. Yeah. Right. So like it was crazy because we had watched this like my friend Anthony and I had just watched this like a week after Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and it was like this this show is this show is timeless and it's synced up to our it synced us it's it synced us up. But um okay. This is the this is the beginning of the Gloria Trillo saga. Mm-hmm. Mother. They run into each other. Queenie. That whole okay. So here's the deal. I'm gonna piggyback off what Fola said because Season three, I'm in the midst of rewatching and I'm in, I'm on season three and literally every single episode, when I see the next title of the next episode, I'm like, oh, that's a great fucking episode. Every fucking time, every time, Mm -hmm. every time. And like my friend Anthony is like, dude, you're like really into this right now. Like, what are you, (laughs) are you good? We're like, no, this is really good television. This is really good television. Right. And, um, that's the first time they meet. They're at the, they're the whole mix up with the scheduling. Melfi probably still drinking. Mm-hmm. If we're gonna be real, um, she probably mixed up the schedules, and she played, frankly, matchmaker. So In, like the worst they end up way together, possible. and it's like the most, like I think, but outside of Tony and Melfi, it's like clearly the most chemistry that James Gandolfini has with anybody else. Mm-hmm. Just in like. Just in like the quiet moments, just them like looking at each other or like when they, they're like not looking at each other because they know that the other person's thinking about them looking at them. Mm-hmm. Like it's like those little nuances, like they have it right down pat. Mm-hmm. And it also coincides another fucking parallel um, with the possibility of Meadow and Jackie Jr. getting together. Another, e- star, another pair of star cross lovers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's like, that's like super push. Like Rosalie's like, oh my God, imagine the beautiful children they'd have. The Sopranos and Aprils back together. Yep. Again. yep. But also, it's um oh my God. It's it has one of my favorite scenes in the whole show. It's like in the wake of the the Tracy situation, mm-hmm. Ralphie disrespects the Bing. Mm-hmm. So he's like in he's in he they put him in timeout, basically. Right. And this is the first time I think that Ralphie showed his face in the presence of Tony. And the first time they meet is so fucking well shot. Mm. And the music they use, I think it might be music from The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Okay. Or another another spaghetti western. But it's like literally Ralph walks up to him and they don't they like avoid eye contact until they they see each other mm. from across the room. And they're just like, they're, it's like, it's like a standoff, like basically like a Western standoff. And, and, and Tony's like, Hey Ralph. He's like, Hey Anthony, you want a drink? And he's like, not tonight, Anthony. Ooh. And he walks away from it. And Paulie's like, let's fucking kill him tonight. <laughs> and that starts <laughs> like, like a whole new round guy. of beef. Like, yes. oh my God. Yes. You didn't accept How, my you, drink. You, you, you turned down the boss's drink. And it was just like, that was such a great way to just, pick up the Ralphie thing even more. Like, it just makes it even more intense. And another parallel in this situation, in the wake of Tony's mother passing, I've surmised this as we've been watching the third season, he starts using the methods that she did 
to manipulate him on his on his underlings like specifically the situation with Ralphie because Ralphie gets in the hot water um at the end of this episode Gigi dies on the fucking toilet so after John after Johnny Sack intervenes Tony's like okay I have to make Ralph captain now I have to now because Gigi's dead but he does it in the most like manipulative and, and withholding way like He's like, okay, come into Vesuvio. And he comes into Vesuvio. Tony's eating. And he makes Ralph apologize to him while he's eating. And, and he doesn't even acknowledge Ralph is there. And he's like, is that it? Are you done? He's like, okay, thanks, Ralph. See ya. And it's just like those kinds of methods are what Livia did to Tony mm -hmm. for years. Like even if he didn't do anything wrong, he'd write the ship and she'd be like, oh, right. whatever, you know? And like, He's kind of, this is like the start of him weaponizing his therapy mm -hmm. against other people as well. Like he talks about like, like his literacy with regard to what's going on in therapy is finally like taking form and he's using it as a way to like indulge in the art of war by Sun Tzu. Like I mentioned it before, like this is where he brings it up and he's like, oh, like this is, this is how I should be running things. Right. So he just basically starts, uh, he just basically says to everybody, I'm going to keep, keep this cycle of abuse going. He and my parents have that in common. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, I am not solving this trauma. I am not solving this trauma. I am going. going to place it on everybody. Let's double it and give it? us the next double person. It, double it and give it to the next <laughs> how about, how about two more for y'all? How about two more for you? He said, I am my mother's child. I love you too. <laughs> and it's like the, this is another episode. Like, this is my last thought on this episode because it's like such a great jumping off point for so many other episodes. And also just, it's kind of like the start of the meat and potatoes of season four's storylines with regard to Gloria and Ralph mm -hmm. specifically. But um, it also reflects like the small town suburbanness of this family again, because after the whole Ralph debacle, Tony's like, I got to disinvite Ralph from Thanksgiving right. because Rosalie and Ralph are supposed to come over. So Carmel, he makes Carmela spin this lie about um, Hugh and Carmela's mother. Hugh was sick and he had a bad procedure, so they're not even coming. So they're not doing Thanksgiving. And then... Johnny Sack has to do the same thing that Carmela did from the mob side of things with Ralph and Tony. Mm -hmm. Cause he's like, oh, like Ralph's like, oh my God, Tony doesn't, Tony doesn't want to do, want anything to do with me. And, and Johnny's like, no, 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 no. He, I talk to him. He does. And he's basically like mitigating, playing damage control the same way that Carmela does. Mm -hmm. And then like everybody finds out about Ralph being uninvited from Thanksgiving. He said, she said the phone calls and then. That all leads into Jackie Jr. and Meadow like linking up for the first time, mm -hmm. like in a serious way. And we kind of just go from there in season three. Like it just starts getting fucking worse. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's my, that's my all timer. And the guy that say. Janice is dating and he like falls asleep. He's falling. He's a narcoleptic. <laughs> he's a narcoleptic. Also, just the fact that, that Gloria just kills her fiance and then immediately dives straight into Christ. Mm. Like she's like, oh, I murdered oh, my Janice? fiance, but now Janice <laughs> is like, yeah, I murdered Richie, but now I am 
Catholic. And she's like, I love Jesus. And I'm going to so. make a bag off of it. We're making albums. We've got project coming. Visuals. She is just so fuck. <laughs> she is so fucking awesome. I love her. You're never gonna make me. I love Janice. Soprano. She's so queeny with her with her three C curls. Come on, mother. Full. <laughs> so you think she would have used Shea Moisture? Absolutely. She's the reason they lock that shit up in Target. <laughs> and the and the the Rolling Stones tattoo. Oh uh, yeah. Respect. They'll never make me hate her. Oh my god, didn't she you meet her? It. I was gonna I was literally gonna say like little flex, but like she is literally the sweetest woman I've ever met in my life. She was talking like this is like a little side tangent, but she was talking about when she was moving at one point and she had all of her pictures of all the people that she had in her life, like her family and whatnot. And she had a pile for her her parents, her kids, and her family. And then she was talking about having a pile of pictures with Jim Gandolfini. And it was like the sweetest fucking thing. And she was like, I feel him here today. I can feel the tears forming in my ducks right now. Yeah. Like, you're the sweetest lady ever. And like, I told her about how like I reconnected with my friend over the show. And she like signed the one of her portraits for me. And she was like, Ben, it's good to be a good friend. Aida Totoro. And I was like. Is she cancer? Let me look her up. She was so sweet, and it like made me even. Libra. It made me respect her performance even more. I know what that means. I understand. <laughs> Very Libra, yeah. But right, right. Janice Soprano, you will owe it. right, <laughs> right, right. Was it crispy? She's just auntie. You know what I mean? Yeah. I did not say she's auntie. <laughs> I don't even know why people said the word auntie. Like, also, I didn't know why people had cousins until like ten years ago. To be honest. <laughs> You didn't know white people had cousins? Okay, I knew Italian people had cousins. But like regular, regular right, white right. American people, yeah. they never be like, yo, I'm gonna go hang out with my cousins. You know? No, right. They're like, I'm going to hang no, out with my mom's brother's children. Who I've met <sighs> twice. <laughs> yeah, like they're part of the family we don't talk to. And it's like over like the most, like they rooted for the Packers, but we were a Vikings family. Like that's the reason why. Wow, this is the most man episode ever. We've had two football yeah, references. Yeah, it's, it's just crazy because you guys, it's just crazy because you guys love to bash men. Yeah. But first episode of the new year, who do you call up? Mm. Who do you come to? Okay, well, in, in our defense, no one told the Sopranos to come out in January. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey. I'm just lucky to, I'm just happy to be here. And you are lucky to be here. Because us platforming white men? Rarity. Very rare. Very Impossible. rare. Impossible. Many would say it doesn't happen. <laughs> well, I am Italian, though. You know? Half. <laughs> half. Half. Just, just the good half. He's, he's biracial. <laughs> me and Logic, me and Logic are cousins, you know? <laughs> He's like white people mixed. I'm about as I'm about as biracial as logic. He's biracial. Though. <laughs> wait, which one are your parents? Wait, are you an Italian mom biracial or an Italian yes. dad? Italian mom biracial. The good, <laughs> the good, the good one. That's the best. That's a better kind. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. Um, yeah. All right. What were we talking about again? <laughs> Your all-timer. 
your all timer episode, my. All right, um, my all timer episode, another season one, season one episode five, college. It's juicy as fuck. Meadow is touring colleges. Tony is taking her. Carmela was supposed to go, but she was sick with the flu. And the two storylines at play here are that Meadow and Tony are on the college tour. And it's interesting in a way because even though they very much keep each other at arm's length, like you can see that they're trying to like meet each other where we're at. Like Meadow at one point, literally like in the first like five, seven minutes of the episode, they're in the car driving and she's like, dad, are you in the mafia? She chewed. She chewed. And he was like, no, he's like gaslighting the fuck out of her. He's like, I'm not in the mafia, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then he's like, oh, like, I do, like, some, like, illegal stuff. But some of my money does come from, like, you know, <laughs> good sources, you know? And then, for whatever reason, she decides to open up to him at dinner and tell him that she and Hunter Scangarello were doing speed. And she was like, oh, well, I wouldn't have told you if I thought that you were going to freak out like this. And he was like, what the fuck did you think was going to happen? And she was like, but I wanted to be honest because, like, you were honest with me earlier. And I was like, that's real. You I don't know. honest about something else, mama. <laughs> also, the, the Sopranos edit girls, like, that scene, Are You in the Mafia? That fucking shifted a lot of people's lives. Oh, yeah. Th- that shit. A lot of people made it out the neighborhood that they grew up in because of that. <laughs> because of that, that, that question. That one All these line. these TikTok editors. Yeah. It's like, yep. it, are you in the mafia? <laughs> and it's, it's like slow-mo Tony walking around. <laughs> we need more Sopranos women's edits. I'm, I think I'm going to get on that. I don't need another yeah. hobby, but I think I'm yeah. Yeah. Um, we need to start. We need to start editing Sopranos women like they edit Shiv. Exactly. Yes. But yeah. also, it's doing. definitely a boy edit heavy arena. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can Absolutely. tell when it's boy edits because they make it all that one tone. It's like almost black and white. All the saturation is. They never out of use it. any girly rap songs. Exactly. Because I don't know. Like, <laughs> I feel like if I made a Furio fan cam, it would be, I like cash in my hair to me. I knew you were going to say that. that. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very okay, I'm going to do, do a, maybe I'll do a sexy red Adriana edit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to Hellcat's mm-hmm. SRT. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to say Hellcat, that. SRTs. Yo. <laughs> Yo. Yo. Not Ben's a sexy red fan. <laughs> Come on now. No, not your sexy red hive. <laughs> hey, man. I mean, you guys do both wear glasses. That's what I literally fucking said to my friend. I was like, she's proud about wearing glasses, and I respect that. She's mother. Um, okay, yeah. So, <laughs> Meadow and Tony are at dinner, and she decides to confess to him that she did speed with Hunter Scangarello to study for the SATs. Why the fuck you would tell your your mob boss dad that? I don't know. But she was also like 17, so whatever. While this is happening, one Carmela Soprano was sick. Let's AJ go over to his friend's house. And then none other than motherfucking Father Phil Intentola, fucking fuck-ass name, um, comes over. <laughs> and they're watching movies on Tony's entertainment system. And it starts to get real intimate. Like, I know Carmela was not trying to have a sneaky link with the priest in, in North Jersey. 
That is crazy right. fucking work. And then there's this big rainstorm. AJ ends up spending the night at his friend's house. I think Carmela and Father Phil, it's very much like a will they, won't they? And she's like, okay, well, I guess you can just spend the night because, like, it's raining or whatever. And then they almost kiss, but then he, like, throws up. It was spooky boots. And then while Tony, <laughs> I met her on this college tour, Tony figures out that he's getting, like, followed by this guy who, I think, he, like, went to prison, right? And he was, he was like, a reformed mob guy, that, essentially. Yeah. Witness protection guy that lives in fucking Maine now for some reason yeah. or wherever. Right. They are. Yeah. And that's just so happened to be where Meadow was like touring colleges and stuff. So that guy's like following him around. Tony figures it out. Meadow is like kind of on to like what's going on. And um, eventually Tony, it's like the last day of the college tour. He drops her off for an interview at a college. And she thought that he was going to stay with her. And he was like, um, I have to go home and help my dad. Uh, butter toast. Bye. And um, basically chokes that guy to death. And he picks up Meadow. And then Meadow was like, why the fuck do you have blood and shit on your shoes? And why do you have a cut on your hand? He's like, um, I just, you know, nothing. It's fine. And then there's also this scene where he's sitting outside in the college, but like outside of like the room where she's doing the interview. And there's this quote on the wall. I'm trying to remember what the quote was. Hold on. I got it. I got it. No man can wear one face to himself and another to the multitude without finally getting bewildered as to which may be true. Hawthorne. Gag it. Oh, yeah. Hawthorne. Hawthorne gagged his ass in that one. Yeah. Because that that's the whole point, the whole episode, double identity. Exactly. Exactly. The face he shows to his family and the face he shows to his family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love a Tony Meadow moment. You know, just like I talk about my dad a lot. I do love him. He's a Leo man who... Drives me insane, but that's my dog. And I guess I do relate as like a young woman wanting to be closer to your parents and trying to figure out like what that looks like and just also having to like mm -hmm. reconcile with the fact that your parents are people too and they make their own decisions and they have their own lives. And but also having to acknowledge that they brought you into their lifestyle with like without your permission, like having to reconcile with all that, especially because Meadow eventually goes on to like not really be in. Well, she like is like not happy about the mob thing, essentially. And she's like pushing back against it. And she's like, like lashing out of Carmela about it. So yeah, it was just great episode. Edie Falco was amazing in it. Even though she was really, she was really about to fuck the communion man for communion. I don't know. But they chewed up. Yeah, she got really like that sickness went away real quick when he showed up. The nails were the nails were suddenly <laughs> filled. Like, and I had to watch the episode forever. I was watching it earlier today, and I was like, I did not realize he had his arm like around the couch. He was mad comfy. Right. Mad all of comfy. all up in Tony Soprano's home. And then Tony comes home. They were in, they were they were on their flea bag shit. Literally. Literally. And that shit, did it pass? Who's to say? Who's really the same? This is too fucked up for me to even think about. Yeah. And then Tony comes home and he's like, you let that nigga spend the night at our house? And she was like, oh, like <laughs> nothing happened, blah, 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 blah. And she was like, that's a verging on sacrilege. He was like, I didn't mean to verge. What did you guys do for 12 hours? Play name that Pope? And I was like, yo, they're just all so fucking funny. I can't. It's beautiful. Also, college is like the first episode where tony like kills someone mm -hmm. yeah. yeah and then we forgot after he kills the guy he looks up to the sky and he sees a flock of the, ducks. i was gonna say the birds symbolism mm -hmm. we love a symbol Ugh. 
it's just such beautiful television. That first season, again, I say, it's like, it's so fucking poetic. Like, it is literally beautiful. I love it so much. It's a very romantic season. And mm-hmm. it's gorgeous. Like, I don't know. We could talk about The Sopranos for another, like, 16 hours. HBO, give us a podcast, please. Literally. Literally. So we wanted to round up our chat about The Sopranos with our favorite moments of bigotry in the show um i think that a lot of people when i'm like oh you should watch the sopranos they're like um they are they don't like black people and i'm like well yes it's true (laughs) 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 yes well yes and well yes (laughs) but but kills me bro (laughs) tokyo tony i think tokyo tony and I was going to say Tokyo Tony and Tony Soprano would probably have, like, a really good time together. Like, they'd have, like, a standalone episode where he, like, goes to D.C. or something. They'd be queening and out, <laughs> is what you'd say? She's like, I run businesses. He's like, oh, me too. He's like, you're Tony, but I'm Tony. And they laugh about it. And Yeah, exactly. Ugh. I listen to their podcast. Absolutely. I think it's one of those things that if you want to enjoy the TV, you kind of have to just be like, okay, yeah, they don't, they're, they're bigoted. But it's also like, I live in the United States of America. Like, the soil in this country doesn't like black people. So, what the fuck? There's a lot of bigotry, but I think the show is good enough that you can kind of not overlook it. But I, it's also not like it's, they're going, oh my God, we love bigotry and, and right. we want you to love bigotry. They're like, look at how fucked up they are. It's Mm -hmm. the year 2000, and these bitches are talking like it's 1950. Right. It's almost like an impressive level of bigotry, you know what I mean? Like they're digging for it. Yeah. (laughs) It's not like it's a greatest hits album, you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of deep cuts. No, literally. I'm sorry. Deep cuts. The word Moulignon is my Roman Empire. Because imagine me being 14 years old, and I'm like, what is Moulignon? And it's like, oh... It's Italian for eggplant because eggplants have dark skin. Like, I'm sorry, what the fuck do we even do to you guys? Right. It's like, aren't Italians the black people of Europe? Ha- show some respect. Right. To your Where's to your the solidarity? Yeah, game recognizes game. Like, exactly. Where's the solidarity? Exactly. You know what I mean? Ben, uh, you need to go to the boot and tell those people. Oh, I'm, I plan on it. Tell those people. I plan on it. <laughs> tell those people to get together. Italian people? crazy racist it's crazy because like homophobe anything they're homophobic racist but like in like a italian way like they're just like super flamboyant about it and super like emphatic Mm -hmm. it's just so bizarre i need to do like a whole deep dive on like why that is specifically Mm -hmm. do like italian people born in italy I, I think you should go to Italy for the summer and write the piece. Longitudinal study on the yeah. Italian X. Maybe, maybe find a nice black Italian person to work on it with. Maybe. Yeah. Two biracials. Maximizing their joint sleigh. But no, I, I'm curious to hear a black <laughs> Italian person's perspective on it because why are they like that? Right. Like, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, it's just- they stay in the sun a little bit too long. We're wearing the same shade of the tinted moisturizer is all I'm saying. Exactly. So you're a fifty four hundred bitch, right? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I see that schnoz. We're in the same yeah. section. <laughs> I see that bell pepper. Exactly. So yeah, does anyone have a burning bigotry moment that they want to get off? Their- I have two. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I have two. The first one I remembered last night because 
I was doing Ralph research and I was doing Silvio research as well. And I remembered Silvio, there was an instance where basically in the show when uh, Tony is trying to court Valentina, Ralphie's Gumar, and she tells him about how they don't even fuck. And he just like asks her to like rub his dick on a cheese grater, among other things. And Tony's like, what are you fucking telling me this for? Like, any askers? <laughs> Anybody in the room. Syl and Patsy walk in the room and he says, oh, my accountant's here and hangs up the fucking phone. <laughs> and then he pivots to Syl in like a moment of, you know, counsel. He's like, Ralph, you, you think, I mean, Silvio, you think Ralph is weird about women? And Syl's like, I don't know, Tom. He, uh, he beat one to debt. Because of, uh, I forget. Why do you do it again? In the midst of that, he's like popping fresh balls of mozzarella in his mouth while he's just like recounting Ralph murdering a stripper. He's just like, I don't know. Tell him. <laughs> just so casually. And then the other one is like the one. But it's when the whole crew finds out that Vito was a bottom. <laughs> like it literally ruined lives in that room. <laughs> Paulie literally like cried out like a relative was killed. Do you think they would have reacted better if he was the top? Well, that's the whole thing. They would have respected him more, right? That was it. They would have been like, oh, you know, he did what he had like, to do. He's taking it. But <laughs> with with no Carlo in that that's one of my favorite lines in the entire fucking show. The first line after uh Finn says he was blowing the security guard, Carlo says he was catching, not pitching. Just beautiful. Just be- and then Paulie's like, I feel like I've been stabbed in a hut over a man being gay. Right. Liking dick. It was just, it's beautiful. That scene. And they all, they all like reconcile with it in different ways. Like Bobby's like, oh, well, he can't, we can't have him around here anymore. That's for sure. <laughs> and Carl's like, we need to kill him <laughs> because he's a bottom. But yeah, those are my two favorites. You go. <laughs> okay. Um, I will say, the first time I was watching the show at like 14, I heard Christopher say Ditsun for the first time. And as somebody who just like, you know, I was, you know, like I said, I was in the Catholicism gym and the Roman Catholic gym shooting with the Italian girls, you know. And um, I was like, I don't know what a Ditsun is. And then imagine me being on like the four train and I'm like, oh, like Sabrina Breyer, you know, just, just backpack on plaid skirt rolled up i was like oh fingers crossed <laughs> i do think my favorite well jamal ginsburg the city homeboy is my favorite moment <laughs> of bigotry because just like he you know he was really cooking on that one he was in the front of the escalator and he was just like you know he was it was just nagging at him he said double whammy because he was like he's black and jewish jewish <laughs> <laughs> Two for one. <laughs> Shaking, crying, throwing up. Also just the craft behind the insult. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a real reverence for the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, I think it also has something to do with the Italian knack of overanalyzing and over-romanticizing things, even beef and frankly, racism. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. <laughs> I love a good insult. The way they go about insulting it cuts deep. It's like an art form. It's like a curated insult, a curated microaggression. It's like how gay people read each other. 
Mm. It's literally clocking people. There needs people. to be like Paris is and like, burning, but like for Italian people. <laughs> what would they be doing instead no, of voguing? No, that's that one thing. They're making pasta. Um, fucking Italian-American Martin Scorsese's like documentary. I think that is the Italian Paris is burning. Tea. It, and that's literally like such a beautiful documentary. It's them literally just shooting the shit and talking about people from the neighborhood for like an hour. Mm-hmm. And then the mom gets up in the middle of it, like frantically. And they're like, oh my God, what's wrong? She's like, I got to stir the sauce. My second favorite moment of bigotry is definitely, I guess it's like the first episode where um, Livia gets a, like a live-in nurse or like a nurse aide. And first off, she is a Trinidadian lady. They definitely called her like Jamaican or some shit. Or they definitely called her the wrong thing. And she like stormed out of the house and they never explicitly said why she stormed out. But, you know, anybody who can put two and two together was like, you know. And she just, she hated that lady so bad that the lady left on like the second day, you know. So, and also Trinidadian representation. She was like, oh my God, flowers. No, exactly. She was trying so hard. She was like, oh, I put them in water. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I'm getting paid. The check cleared. Even Tony was like, she's a nice lady. And oh, remember, wasn't Olivia like, oh, she's stealing the silverware or some shit? Yes. Like, yeah, she said she was yes. stealing. And yeah. Tony was like, well, you give that shit away anyway. <laughs> so you might as well let her have it. <laughs> <sighs> so real. Uh, they used to eat each other up. But yeah, that's um, all I got. What a mother-son relationship. Like, just gagging. Like they were like Bree Vandekamp and her son. Rex. <laughs> That's that thing's name. Ben, have you seen Desperate Housewives? I think you would enjoy it. No, I have you not. Should, you should tap in. Tap I'm not in. tapped in. Ben also has to watch Sex in the City. And and Mad Men and 800 other shows. Step your coochie up. Um, no, literally. Anyway, my favorite moments of bigotry. One of the a lot of it is like season three, like when Meadow gets her bike stolen and Tony's like. <laughs> she's like, oh, so do you want to so do you want to hang around black people all the time? And you want to go to school at Columbia, which is in the hood. And I'm like, I don't know. He was like, he was not having it. And it was really funny. Um, also, just another Livia Soprano moment. Like when she's staring at like, there's like a post, there's like a male lady and she's black. And Livia's like pulling down the fucking um, blinds and like staring at her. I don't know. She just had a real good knack for for the anti-blackness. Like, I don't know. I really loved it. <laughs> um, also, that uh, the episode where they go to Italy and they get their, this family like gets their car stolen and then they, it's like, they show that and then they take that car and like they try to, they're like selling that in Italy, like when they go. But the guy, like they get the car stolen and then the guy goes, fucking, and he says the N-word, hard R, and the wife is like, oh, <gasps> Oh my god! Like, <laughs> and he's like, he's like, I just had to say it. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like he just like he like threw it up. Like he was like, oh my god, it just came out of me. Like I don't know. It's just <laughs> the, the holy, the holy spirit got him there. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so they like show that. I love when they do that, and the Serenos are like, oh. We're going to just show you, like, the random ins and outs of, like, how we do business. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And also they outsource their labor. Interesting. They were like, we do like black people for some things. They also outsource the labor in order to kill. Tony. Uh, no, Jackie Jr. Oh, yeah. Vito eventually kills him, but, like, Michael K. Williams is putting him up. Oh, in yeah. In that in that apartment. And they probably got to him and he told them that he was oh. there. 
Well, the two guys that were going to kill Tony were also black. Mm-hmm. That's Remember right. We called them boys. To Uncle men. June. Yes. Yes. That was a good racism moment. That's how awesome. did I? How did I forget that? He was like, "Yeah, boys to men tried to kill me." Like, whoa. <laughs> Imagine almost being killed and then having having the the gall and the wherewithal to come up with a quip, a racist quip at that. Tony's brother was gonna eat <laughs> <laughs> every day of his life. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just I love it. I loved the agility. Just such good racism. Like you know, I feel like some people are racist, and but it doesn't eat. You know no, what I mean? Exactly. Like, it's like they're racist and it's corny. They're racist and it's, it's tacky. tacky. It's lame. Tacky. You know, at least yeah. I'm like, you know, at least give my racism a bit of flavor. Right. You know? Give me something to giggle let's, at. Let's have fun. Racism is funny sometimes. Occasionally. Okay. Like, you know, like sometimes people will say something to me on like TikTok and mm-hmm. it'll be racist and I'll be like, <laughs> got me there. <laughs> But, like, the same boring shit, like, oh, my God, where's your dad? Right fucking there. Right. In my phone. Blowing my shit Literally. up. He won't leave me alone, actually. Yeah. Where's your dad? Do you remember when Clarence Thomas did something stupid and that old white lady on Twitter was like, this fucking... <laughs> and she was like, I just had to say it. Because what is this issue? And then people on Black Twitter, was, a couple months later, they were like, she was kind of eating. <laughs> She ate that a bit, I fear. All right, we are here. Ben, why don't you kick us off on the weekly brief? We usually start with hate and then we end on loves so that we can end on a good note. To keep the vibe good. Yeah. Mm, Hates and, oh, we're, yes. Okay, hates first. The people on social media talking shit about Michael, the librarian, calling him weird, calling him strange, freakish, bizarre. Go get a job. You got to sit in solidarity with your library, brother. Start, start selling something on TikTok shop, okay? <laughs> Do something worthwhile before a man stands before you with passion mm-hmm. and, and care and grace towards something and has a career and he's passionate about it and you're mad about it. You're like, he's weird. Right. Go take a hike, frankly. Go take a hike. Get off the internet. Yeah. You're done for the day. It's like, oh my God, it's cringe to experience joy. It's cringe to just like something a lot. It's like, oh, you're helping people yeah. find resources and learn and expand their perception of the world. Yeah. <laughs> Weirdo. Like He's doing so much for like just making his content as like increasing awareness around libraries just because because it's like increasing that conversation. And I saw a tweet that was like, okay, if we tried to do libraries today... It would, it would not, not have happened. happened because it's like a socialist fantasy. And I'm like, Jesus, like, that's really crazy. And they're trying to get rid of fucking libraries. So they're like, oh, yeah, you just buy your books on Amazon. And I'm like, no. It's it's true. And I, I brought this, the second hate of mine is hearing people, I brought this up before, but hearing people complain about the week in between Christmas and New Year's, why look to the calendar to find meaning in your life, let alone the week after Christmas? That's a, that's what I'll leave it at. Hate, number three. Uh, the whale. That shit was ass, bro. I put off watching that shit for two, almost two years. This motherfucker is putting ranch on an entire pie of pizza. Not too fucking much. There's <laughs> Not too fucking much. He was stacking the slice of pizza on top of each other and eating I don't see an issue here. I'm sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> but like, why, why did we need to see that? 
<laughs> okay, that's true. That's true. Why did we need that? Uh, also, like, it's just awfully written. Like, every scene is just like, oh, my God, you can't get up because you're, you're fucking fat. It's like, oh, you have knee problems? Fatty? Oh, you need, you need a walker? You need a walker to go to the bathroom because you're, you're a fat fuck? <laughs> Tubby? <laughs> like... The movie fully being called The Whale. <laughs> no, that was, that was fucking rude. That was so fucking rude. And he's like, he's like an online teacher and he doesn't show his face to his students um, because he's like ashamed. I love, I love Brendan mm-hmm. Fraser, okay? I, I'm not, this is not a knock on him. And he did the best he could with what he had. But my fucking right. God, like, can we just do better? And like that won an like that won him an Oscar. They just be giving those to anybody. It it was his George of the Jungle Oscar. Mm-hmm. Okay, they were giving it to him like they gave Jamie Lee Curtis the fucking everything ever all at once Oscar because she didn't deserve that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but isn't like the whales like it was a play, so it's like all set in this it living was room adapted for the screen. And so the movie is just in the living room. You can't just adapt plays to the theater. It's not always what needs to take place. I don't know. And there's more than one example of this. Uh, Dear Evan Hansen. We'll leave it at that. You really love the fuck out of that phrase. Number four. We'll leave it at that. (laughs) What? What We'll leave it at that. And that's all I'll say on that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. After after talking for 30 (laughs) minutes, that's all I'll say. (laughs) Me after talking for 30 minutes and saying, yeah, that's all I'll say on the matter. That's like my, that's my Italian ah. ass coming out. Like they will literally air out years of trauma and be like, that's all mm-hmm. I know. Hey, what the hell do I know? I think, I yeah. think we need a BuzzFeed video that's like Caribbean people and Italian people like discussing their cultures. Same, we really, same shit. <laughs> no, literally, like we are tethered knife here, but please keep going. Uh, number four, hate, uh, having a fat ass. It's just, it's not practical anymore for me. It's just not practical. I split my, I split... <laughs> Um, a pair of pants for the second time on New Year's Eve. The same pair of pants the second time. Just right down the crack? Literally down the very seam that my friend sewed up from the first time. <laughs> I know they were pissed. <laughs> yep. I was like, Rose, I split that shit again. And she was like, are you fucking kidding me? Ben, you might be like the first reverse BBL. <laughs> where they take your That's butt the fat thing. and they like <laughs> they like give it to somebody in uh, need yeah. a BBL recipient <laughs> you donate some weeks it's like who, who do you think gave you it's the just ass? like it's just it's just enough enough is enough let's change let's change gears here let's talk about something positive mm-hmm. instead of my my physical inadequacy um my new back scrubber. Fantastic. I can't wash my back correctly. I have never been able to wash it correctly. And my aunt got me a back scrubber. Shout out to her. It works like a charm. Uh, the Holdovers. Holdovers. Favorite movie of the year. Get Giamatti that Oscar. Fuck. Fuck Bradley Cooper, dude. I do not care. I don't care if he, I don't care if he trained to be a conductor for 40 years. I don't. Give Paul Giamatti the Oscar. And also Dominic Sessa and Divine Joy Randolph, I believe her name is. Get them Oscars as well. Put them in every movie. Seriously. Like, 
It is genuinely the most sincere and lovely holiday-centric movie I've seen in a theater in years. One of my favorite movies I've seen in the theater in years, period. Next one, I saw The Iron Claw and Jeremy Allen White's mullet mm -hmm. in that, Carrie Von Eric mullet. Mm -hmm. I saw a picture of uh, him in the photo shoot with the mullet, and I made the decision that I'm growing my hair out again because that's what I think needs to happen. How is that different from the mullet you had before? Oh, no, I just had long uh, hair. Oh, okay. I thought you just had, I just had the I, nice— I had a he had the bayang and and the and the lettuce in the background. Gotcha. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> Jalapeno poppers. I tried them for the first time for some reason at a, a little get together with my coworkers, and I just was hyper fixating on them the rest of the night. I was like, "Wow, these are so good!" And I just never tapped into it. Mm -hmm. So maybe that'll be something that's also in in twenty twenty four. Eating more jalapeno poppers. And that's it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The, I just have one big hate. Um. It's being mean to kids on Christmas and then taking videos of that and then posting it on social media. I genuinely think if that is like something that makes you giggle and laugh, like you need help, like genuine help, like fifty one fifty, like they need to just like take you away and put you somewhere because what the fuck? I don't know if you guys saw on Twitter, but there was a girl and they gave her a brick. Like, they wrapped it, and they gave her a brick. And they were like, she's bad as hell. Mind you, Shorty's sh That's she's so seven. devious. Like, she is That's kind of like seven-year-old's M.O. Like, they are literally experiencing the world for the first time, first time. every day. Like, the first 10 years, you can't, like, put you know, a behavioral, like, label on a child because they yeah. literally wake up every day and they're a new person. This family is, like, not, you know, understanding of that because instead of being like, oh, my God, I wonder why she acts out. They're like, oh, we're going to give you a brick. We're going to record it. We're going to laugh in your face and not get you anything else for Christmas because you've been so bad. I would take that as a sign to be even worse. And she opened it on this glass table. And I'm like, if it was me as a seven-year-old, I would have taken that brick and smash it into the fucking glass because you already didn't get me a present. Like, I might as let's just take it to hell. Um, so, yeah. And then there's also another one where they gave this little girl, I swear she's eight, they gave her like weight loss tea. I did see that earlier. That was fucking what evil. The fuck? What the fuck? There's a difference between parents and people who have kids. Wake it up. Yep. Wake it up. Which is becoming more of a problem these days. Oh, yeah. Right. No, because a lot of people are having children because they like the idea of a purse. Mm -hmm. You know, someone that, like a Barbie doll, someone they can dress up and, yeah. you know, say that belongs to them. Exactly. And not, they don't think about the fact that this is a human being. Right. That is going to grow up and need your care. The, uh, the whole teaching side of things, like a lot of parents will just expect teachers to teach their kids everything that they didn't teach them. Right. Yeah. When they were in the house for five years straight with right. nothing else to do. Like you have a child who's a sponge. Yeah. The kid is watching everything you do. That's where the library and the books come in again. Exactly. Does your kid know what the letter B looks like? Or does he know what uh, Coco Melon is? <laughs> okay. <laughs> How about we start teaching the ABCs instead of just throwing uh, Coco Melon on? Giving the kids an iPad. Yeah. 
Again, mm. this again with the fruit ninja. Like, what's the fruit ninja going to help them with in Ooh, that the was educational a deep landscape? Callback. <laughs> that, yeah. that felt like that felt like days ago. Was it like six hours ago. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, talking about um, the little girl who got the weight loss tea. Me and my friend Melissa were talking about it, and apparently, like, there was a time where they like joked and told the kids that their mom died or some shit. And it's just so crazy to me. I was saying to Melissa, I was like, it's crazy to me because I first off. I never see any LGBT families doing that that gay shit. Let's wake that up. But then <laughs> it's cishead people who stay. They're like, they're like, you guys are groomers and you guys want everyone to be gay. Perhaps we want everyone to be gay, but it's like, y'all are the ones humiliating your children on the internet for fun. For Fun. clicks and likes, for codes, pixels and codes on the internet. So someone can DM you and tell you to post a link of a vibrator. So that you can get like five percent commission off of everyone that's sold. What's the fuck? It's crazy. Also, just like faking trauma onto their children for content is just just very dystopian. Yeah. Again, it's like you have a sponge of a child. This person is sucking up everything. And you're like, yeah, let's let's fuck it up for clicks. Let's just, you know. Let's just throw this kid in the blender. Yeah. Let's just throw this kid's brain Might in the well. blender and, and see what happens. And then be shocked that the kid is, like, developmentally or, like, emotionally, like, very, you know, not doing well. It's like, oh, my God, did you give the child room to, like, be a person? Like, oh, no. why is my, why does my son love American Psycho and Taxi Driver? <laughs> right. It's like, maybe don't shove a camera in his face and tell him that his grandma died. Right. Like, oh my Food God. for thought. I feel like that's like very Just, basic parenting. Like I, you know, I've never had a kid, but I feel like I don't know. Millennials. I feel like that comes to me very, very easily. Millennials. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I digress. But anyway, and that's all my hates because I I saw that shit and I was pissed. I was like, some call CPS, like get rid of them. And then the fact is that they like the fact that they do that often is really nasty to me. And it's like mm-hmm. for what Literally. for and then it's like you have like what. Like, 3,000 followers on TikTok. Oh, my God. Keep going. Um, anyway, mm-hmm. finally, my loves. Um, I had this first watch cinnamon chocolate chip pancake. Um, I literally only get it in Florida because I think that's, like, the only place where they have this, like, restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, they only have it once a year. I get it ritualistically. Like, every time I come home for Christmas, I get this pancake. And I went and I got it. And it was amazing as usual. And I don't know, it was just really delicious. And then also, I just want to say I love Pinterest and I love vision boarding. Like, I do feel like the new year being like, I'm going to be a brand new bitch. I think that's so fun. And I like pictures and, you know, aesthetics and stuff and making things pretty. So, yeah, that's me. Per. Okay, honestly, like. I've just been having a lot of thoughts, but then it came to the weekly brief, and I was like, literally, what was I thinking about? Um, This is my hate every day. It has been my hate since I was in the womb. People ask stupid fucking questions. Like, I'm, like my chest is getting tight and hot just thinking about it. I was telling Fuller the other day, one of my mutuals on TikTok, Miriam, she makes this content. She, like, shares, like, articles and books and podcasts and stuff that she listens to. And she made a video. She typically green screens the content and explains what she likes about it. Right. And so last week she made a video referencing this article from the New York Times. 
And somebody in the comments was like, oh, like, I love your content. You know, do you think that you could link the articles and stuff that you share? And I was like, absolutely not. Why are you asking her to link an article whose publication and title are both in plain view? Like the time that you took to comment that you simply could have Googled New York Times, blah, 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 blah. And another thing me and Fuller talk about all the time, people are just so comfortable demanding labor from women on the internet. And it's like, I'm sorry, like Miriam does not know you. Like, like that's my dog. Like that's my friend. And I know she has an entire life. Why the fuck was she, she's going to go make a a card.co because you don't want to fucking use your fingers and Google some shit. The information is in the fucking video. Anyway. Um, men who have inflated senses of self-importance, which I want to say is like 80% of, mm -hmm, let's go ahead and say 97% of men. Important for fucking what? Ben, turn your headphones off. This is not about you. Important for fucking what? Especially in the Gregorian (laughs) year of 2023, it almost feels unprecedented because it's like, what did you guys do to deserve that shit? You guys don't build houses anymore. You guys don't go to war anymore. You don't, you don't eat sandwiches on seal beams. You're not driving women places. You're not buying, you're not courting women properly. What do you do to be so fucking self-important about? You have a podcast. You sell an ebook. You wear ill-fitting suits from ASOS. You do Forex trading. You have a streetwear brand. You call yourself a creative director, but your mattress is on the floor. And you're, you're, all you have to your name is a half-used bottle of Aesop soap that you stole from Equinox. What the fuck do you have to be so fucking self-important about? They think, they really think that they're the shit. They think they're the bad bitches. And just, the bad bitches are fucking what? The bad bitches are fucking what? A fucking Soho? The bad bitches are putting on Carhartt pants and a a Hanes t-shirt? And Adidas Sambas and a tote bag? They're like, you know, I paint my nails. I read the spark notes of All About Love. I'm like, should we throw a party? Should I go bring out my Ouija board and we can call bell hooks? <laughs> I promise you, Shorty does not care. She does not care. All right? <laughs> my God. I just like, like, uh, I just, I hate them so much. I just, I can't. <laughs> we need, we need to find, listen, I am all for expressing yourself in however way you want, right? Mm -hmm. But the guys who wear the, they paint their nails, the guys who paint their nails purely out of what they can get out of it from women, Mm. they need to be lined up and shot in the town square. Let's wake that up. Shot. Let's wake it up. Shot. I'll go first. I will will send the Google calendar and do the logistics because (laughs) I'm tired. Also, why are so many guys like just basically Batman villains hatching plots and schemes like the guy? This is old news. This is old, old news. I already know the you're guy who this. is the Margella guy, the Mar- Margella tabby guy. Yes. Like, like, like you're literally one of the criminals that he fucking throws into jail at the end of the episode. <laughs> like there's a guy stealing somebody, some woman's Margella shoes. He's like wiggling his fingers <laughs> on the Upper East Side. Alfred, how am I going to, how am I going to take down this son of a bitch? Like even with what, like what I do on a regular basis, like, man, I got to be doing something better than this. That's why I'm going, I'm going to get my master's this year. I felt a little bit directionless Mm -hmm. so far at the end of the year. I look at my surroundings and I'm like, 
hey, I'm kind of a catch. I'm kind of a catch. <laughs> In our current political landscape, are you fucking kidding me? Are you capital D doing lowercase t the capital W work? Work? Are you doing? I, are you calling in? Because I, you would not believe how many infographics I share with men my age. I think you should be making I'm some. S- you should be making some about like masculinity or something. Yeah, get on Canva. L- literally. <laughs> it's like, bro. Um, maybe. Um, Maybe cry more often, you know what I mean? Maybe feel yeah. emotions, guy. <laughs> Maybe think Maybe about how that. your actions impact other people. Mm, no. Why a concept. They can build computers, but they can't do introspection. Woo! <laughs> Maybe, and, and most of these questions, answerable by Google. Mm. Most of these questions and, and, and most of the strife and the, the struggle and how to do laundry. How do yep. I make how do I make a sandwich? There's there's YouTube. There's how-to videos up the ass on all these things. You're gagging them. <laughs> how to get to a date on time using public transportation. You know what I mean? I will say these things. I was 17 years minimum. old on WikiHow reading why am I attracted to emotionally unavailable people? So if I could be doing that at 17. I don't know why we're in our mid to late 20s doing stupid fucking shit. I just, I, I can't deal anymore. It's just like, this kind of, this kind of comes into what we were talking about before, but it's like, people are like, especially dudes, because I, I come across this all the time, but it's like, other dudes are like, mad that you're uh, sure of yourself, mm-hmm. or like, you know what you like. Or you like dress a certain way, mm-hmm. like little shit. Like it's like, oh my god, you're you're relishing in the daily joy of acknowledging yourself and knowing yourself. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, add homophobic slur. Look at you, funny. You know what I mean? Um, like, oh, you're happy with yourself a little bit. You're giving yourself some grace instead of just watching American Psycho edits and going to the gym and fighting your demons, bro. Like. <laughs> Ben, I think I think you experienced misogyny because that's what it's like to be a woman, especially uh, a a beautiful, confident, smart woman. Are you kidding? Me and Phil talk about this all the time. Like, yeah. some days I feel like a beautiful, smart woman, <laughs> but like some days I do. But no, like it's if if you think that's bad, imagine dealing with that under the patriarchy. Mm. Getting that messaging literally from the day that you're born. That having men try to humble you from the day that you're born. Can you imagine that? Men in your family. Also, also just like adult men beefing with with girls on the internet. <laughs> like you, you'd have got to tell us for everything though. It's it just <laughs> I love dragging them. Oh yeah. I'm like we're losing I'll be recipes. Like, I'll be like, you are we're losing recipes. Years old. Go ha- go play with your daughter. Right. Or your granddaughter. Go drink a beer. Go drink a beer with a... Go crack open a a fucking Pabst Blue Ribbon and shut the fuck up. What do you mean you're on TikTok in my comments? Bro, that world cruise? Did you (laughs) see the thing about the world cruise? Ooh, yeah. And how the, like, black people, all of them, they're like, oh my god, do you work here? I did hear that. Nine months on a boat. First of all, you've got me fucked. 
Um, sorry, had to. I just I had to get that off my chest. The cruise, the cruises. cruise phase, the cruise fad is such a a boomer antiquity type mm-hmm. vibe. Mm-hmm. It's like, what are you? What are we doing on this boat right now? Right. Why? Unless it's a yacht or something or fishing. Right. I don't want to be on a boat. We're on a I'm floating sorry. hotel. Yeah, floating hotel. Oh my god. It's got McDonald's on it. We should go on this cruise. Like that's kind of the sales pitch essentially. Mm-hmm. Like it's oh, it's got that thing we do. But on a boat. But on a boat with a bunch of unsavory and frankly not sanitized people. <laughs> Damn not not unsanitized. There is probably mm-hmm. a application to get on these cruises and one of the prime check marks is do you know how to bathe regularly do you um do you shower what kind of head do you use head and shoulders 13 and one shampoo these are the kinds of questions that these are the kind of candidates that we're looking for (laughs) on cruises bill burr has a really good bit about him plotting to depopulate the world by sinking cruise ships that's how he wants to depopulate the world Mm-hmm. It's like because like, those are the vagrants. Those are the those are the terrible people. And they are all in one place. That makes sense. It, it could just be a happy little accident. I digress. I'm just gonna fly through my loves. New Year's energy. Cliches are fun. I love that everyone's on the same page for like the first couple weeks of January, and it's just I, don't, I love a community moment. Very cute. Yeah. My rice cooker. I finally decided like the most important part of like you know like admitting that you have a problem is like acceptance, and I accepted that I'm never going to be a stovetop rice girly, much to my ancestors' chagrin. So chagrin. What the fuck? Chagrin. So I asked for a rice cooker for Christmas. It's very cute. It's like. A little bit bigger than my hand and then like a little bit, you know, it's like just pops on the counter and you can put anything in that bitch. Like Serena was making tea in there the other day. Eventually I had to tell her, I was like, you have too much dip on your chip. Like I just, also it's my <laughs> rice cooker. Like we live together, but it's my rice cooker. Like, so please. Does it, does it sing to you? Actually, I don't know. <laughs> you know, the rice cookers are like ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. I don't, <laughs> I don't think so, but like I kind of, maybe I can program it. Also, choosing peace and joy, I think, for me, part of, like, my, like, personal development journey was, like, giving myself the room to, like, feel negative emotions because I wasn't allowed to feel them when I was a kid. Shout out to my parents. And now that, like, I've gotten it out of my system, I'm like, actually, just because I can get angry whenever I feel like it doesn't mean that I have to get angry about things whenever I feel like it. And I actually can just decide how I'm going to feel and I have control over my own reality. Picking the battles. In a similar vein, being patronizing as a treat, I also, in like the last year, was allowing myself to like be like a little bit mean to people like when it was warranted because people have had me fucked up for a lot of my life and once again, was not allowed to defend myself. So I was like giving myself the room to do it and I was like plotting this week and I was like, actually being like, patronizing to somebody is actually probably way more effective and also i think it'll trick my brain into like thinking better things in general because if i'm being technically nice to people that i want to punch in the face i'm still being nice at the end of the day yeah 
you know, shrimp chow mein fun and crab rangoons. I have just been like randomly mm. ordering Chinese food to my babysitting job every now and then. And I only eat that when I'm there because I have a specific meal that I get from the Chinese food place near my house. And um, I don't know. It eats. I had it today. It was worth the $17. Yeah. Hall of Fame. It chewed, I'm afraid. Last but not least, the S-Rhythm headphones. I got them for Christmas. They kind of came at the perfect time because, as the girlies know, I lost one of my AirPods on a drunk Bushwick night out after a, almost two bottles of soju because I'm insane. And um, I don't think I'm ever going back to AirPods. I'm sorry. I charge these Jean on Christmas Day, and they're still at 60%. I love that people see them and know that they cannot talk to me. And also, I have autism. Of course, I love an over-the-ear headphone. Like, we love an over-ear headphone. Very Kendall. Maya, that's amazing because in the Christmas episode, you were like, I want those and you got them. Yeah. Talk about a manifestation today. God did. God did. (laughs) Yep. Yep. I will always be over the ear headphones. Mm -hmm. Forever. I'll leave it at that. It's beautiful. This is glorious though. We're so glad to have you on, Ben. Ben, thank you for joining us. Yeah. Sorry for yapping, but you guys guys put me in a corner. You guys put me in a corner and we held a gun to your head and told you to talk for three hours. I haven't yapped like, like this. We like, I you haven't yapped. Not shut the fuck up. You better not. Damn. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Didn't know that's how y'all felt. Yeah. All right. But thank you for having me on. Of course. All right. It was so much fun, yeah. truly. Right. Oh, also, right. Ben, if you want to plug where you are on socials, so people can find you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Absolutely. Um, my TikTok and my Instagram are Benji Mans. My Instagram has an extra Z because some fucking imbecile has the one with one Z. Find me there. Don't DM me. Just don't DM me. I probably have already done the video you thought of. But that's great. Let's ring in the new year. Say what's up to me. Show love to these lovely people. And that's it. Amazing. I'll be back. I will return. Says who? No, we do Sopranos 2, Electric Boogaloo. We've got to. Yes. We've got to let him know. That's what I'm thinking of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. I was just, color me optimistic. Yeah. Mind you, this is our abridged version of the episode. This, yeah. this big ass one we have right here. This was the, this was the shortened version. So. Yeah. This Love is it. literally the length of the show. The Sopranos. <laughs> if you really. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right.